Sports cards and we live now. Jeremy Lee in the building and every guess that you ever needed. Sports cards after hours keep the hobby heated. Updates, hobby talk like you never seen it. Sports cards live and I could ever beat it. Sports cards is a lifestyle. Sports cards and we live now. Welcome to another episode of Sports Cards Live with your host, Jeremy Lee. All right, here we go. Starting a couple minutes early tonight. Welcome, everybody. Episode number 190 of Sports Cards Live. It is Saturday night, July the 1st, 2023. My name is Jeremy Lee, and I would, as always, like to thank everyone who tuned in last week with our guest, collector Robbie Pastry. We covered a ton of topics, had a great show. You can check that out in syndication on the YouTube channel. Tomorrow, 9.30 Eastern, is the PWCC weekly hockey auction ending coverage. Usually with Josh Madigan, he's taking the 4th of July weekend off. We have Seth Allison, also known as at Drop the Puck Cards on Instagram. We'll be filling in for Josh tomorrow. And Tuesday, taking stock with Dennis Zender, DPZ, PC with DPZ. Taking stock, we'll be taking stock of group breaking and the issues around that very popular business model. Happy Canada Day, everybody. Happy 4th of July holiday weekend to all of our American viewers and friends. Hope you have a great and safe weekend. I want to ask everybody to please join over 400,000 people who've already downloaded the Center Stage app across both iOS and Android for quick comps and card management features. Their app is the fastest and most accurate at card shows or at home to help you price your cards, build, organize, and share your collection with your friends and find other collectors to follow using their new social sharing features. They've announced some new partnerships, some grading partnerships. Check out their IG account and join me in supporting the great team and innovation they are undertaking at Center Stage app. And also, and of course, Center Stage, a great sponsor of the show, as is Veriswap. Practice safe swaps, use protection. Veriswap is an app and middleman service that lets you securely trade cards through the mail. Every transaction up to a million dollars in value is fully insured by their guarantee. To use Veriswap, upload your inventory, make trade, partial trade, or full cash offers and negotiate with thousands of traders already on the platform. And I'm seeing more and more of these trades come across Instagram all the time, non-cards as well. Anyway, check them out on iOS and Android. And as part of a special offer, your first trade on Veriswap is $1 using the link below in the video description. Also, shout out Leighton Sheldon, Just Collect. Leighton will be joining us about half hour in for the Vintage Spotlight segment. So try and have some, uh, some Q&A for him, or it's a Q&A episode tonight. And also check out Hobby News Daily for a daily dose of hobby news and entertaining content. It's a collaboration of various hobby content creators and is only a couple months old. Give them a chance. Check out hobbynewsdaily.com. Tag Gradings Discord service is now live. So You can join other tag collectors who are chatting, buying, selling, trading tag slabs, sharing picks, talking shop, and connecting with hobbyists who like transparent and reproducible grading. And if Discord isn't your thing, I'm kind of just starting to dip my my toes in Discord right now myself. Uh, There's a tag community on Facebook. You can join that as well. Go to taggrading.com, go to the community tab, and you can find either of those communities to join through there. You'll also find out first about tag grading drops and even surprise flash drops. And as always, thank you for letting me speak about the sponsors who've been supporting the show for so long. We're, we're almost three and a half years in. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm exaggerating. Three years, three and a quarter years in just about everybody. So thank you to all the loyal viewers, listeners, podcast listeners, 
YouTube subscribers, all that. If you're not yet subscribed, please take a moment and do so. Tonight's guest is uh, pretty much myself. So with that, thanks everybody. And uh, we had some call. We had about five or six comments before even going live. So I'm just going to go in order and uh, look at these. Andrew Mark says, when will 90s Jordan inserts drop another 50% and will it be this century? I don't know, Andrew. On the one hand, I hope not because I have a bunch. On the other hand, I hope so, so I could buy more. There's, I'm priced out of so many. I don't know. I don't know. Justin Bode is back making the appearances. I always love seeing you, Justin. Says, what's the best graded Opeachy Gretzky rookie I own? Your guess is an eight. That is right. My best Opeachy Gretzky rookie guard is an eight, Justin. He goes on to say, what are your thoughts on the 1980? The second year Gretzky, you recently bought the PSA 9 in both Opeachy and Tops. Tops unscratched with both PS, PWCC exceptional eye appeal ratings. I love that card, Justin. I, I love that card. I mean, it's a card I love, but you have to, you know, there's, it's a card where there's so many available, like a lot of cards from the 80s that you just need to be discerning and make sure you pick one that you really like. And it sounds like, you know, when you get a PWCC uh, E for exceptional, you're in the top 15% of the copies that they have seen. And I think you're probably in pretty good shape with the cards, but I love that second year Gretzky. It's a beautiful card. Uh, both in tops and OPG. Really love both of them. Jake Dahl, what are the top five hockey cards in my collection? What are some hockey cards I don't have that I'm looking for? Uh, Jake, I, I appreciate the question. At the same time, I don't like the question because I have way more than five and I can't even name them all. But uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I've got so many great hockey cards in my collection from you know Gretzky auto patches to vintage uh, beautiful vintage cards, uh, you know, PMGs, the, the 2012 PMGs. So uh, it's a great question, Jake. Um, check my Instagram feed. I did a top 20 pickups of 2022, and there's some bangers in there that I love. So go in there and look at the top five. That's about as good as I can do for you tonight. Mark Santucci, what's going on? Good to see you. Robbie says, hey, Jeremy, thanks for having me on the show. It was good having you, Rob. Rob, who's our guest last week. Thoughts on the hockey gap in terms of pricing, Gretzky 4 million or BVG 1 million, and then McDavid the Cup 150. Do I think how or will fill the gap? That's a really good question, Robbie. Let me take it one thing at a time here. So the Gretzky, you know, there's two. When you say 4 million, you're, you mean 3.75 million for one of the PSA 10 OPG Gretzkys. And then you say or BVG 1 million. That was a, was it a BVG 10? Not a pack pulled card. Uh, I, oh, maybe you're talking about the PSA. You know, you said a BVG. I'm not sure. A million dollars seems high to me on a Bobby or anything BVG. So I'm not sure. McDavid, 150. I mean, listen, the Gretzky, there's only two of those Gretzkys. There's 99 McDavid Cups. So I don't know. Bobby Bobby or Gordy Howe, do I think that they will fill the... I hate, like, saying what will happen in the future because I just don't know. But... I mean, Gordie Howe is like hockey's Mickey Mantle, uh, you know, and, and maybe Gordie Howe and Bobby Orr are both like like uh, ho hockey's Mickey Mantle, even though Bobby Orr, you know, is 15 years later. So tough question, Robbie. And um, I don't know. I, I wish I could have an answer for you and give you an opinion. But uh, it seems like in the hobby, we're such a what have you done for me lately? Everyone loves the modern. There is an I think there is an inordinate amount spent on modern players current players prospects uh more so like you look at these this quarterback uh this recent quarterback uh group there's there's a lot of them and then you you compare it to joe montana prices and it's tough to do that because they don't have the same cards so but i think there's way 
too much money being poured into modern quarterbacks versus, you know, the, the, the great Hall of Fame quarterbacks, uh, just relatively speaking, when you kind of separate out the fact that the, the, the new cards are so much different than the ones that came out when those guys were around. What's up, baseball card curmudgeon? Fan one, two, three. Thoughts on the one-on-one -on -one ring from Magic the Gathering? Becky giving free BGS 10 if you grade. How could they give a free BGS 10 black label uh, just for grading with them? Wouldn't it have to grade a 10? So I didn't read that fine print, and I don't really know what they were offering, to be honest. Just like when Beckett gave Logan Paul a BGS 10 on the Charizard right before his boxing fight. Yeah, I heard Logan Paul tell that story, and I think he said he's, you know, resubmitted it and it from it went from a 10 to a black label or a 9.5 to a 10, whatever it was. Uh, my thoughts are, I, I don't know that, I can't imagine Beckett actually did that, said we'll give you a black label. I mean, I think they offered a custom label, not a black BGS 10 black label. Uh, and I think that's cool. I have no problem with that. But apparently uh, the card went to PSA and Beckett didn't even get a sniff at it. So too bad for Beckett, I guess. Steven, welcome to the show. Beckett literally giving preferential treatment to big cards or celebrities. PSA will always talk Beckett, says fan one, two, three. I don't know. I don't I don't know that that's what happened. So it's really, uh, really tough for me to uh, to address that uh, right now, right now. Vintage card collector, why does tag have grading drops instead of it being open all the time? Yeah, it does harken back to HGA, uh, mostly to control the inflow, just to control the inflow uh, vintage. But tag will be, you know, opening the floodgates here in due course. Uh, Justin Bode, always good to see you. Jake's Toe, good to see you. Frank Estella, good to see you. Jake says, well, is tag taking 90s cards yet? Not yet, but I do believe that tag will be going back to 1989 by the end of 2023. So that's that's a great start as far as I'm concerned. I've got a ton of 90s cards, so I'm I'm looking forward to that for sure. Uh, stale prod, the stock market is rebounding. Will cards follow? Listen, I, I, I'm not a fortune teller, but, you know, I think a little bit. I mean, there 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 is a correlation between the hobby and the economy, and there's a correlation between the economy and the stock market. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if people are feeling better about their financial situation, they're going to become looser. With their with their purse strings, I know I do. Uh, so if unless I'm the only person in the hobby who who's like that, I'm sure you're all like that too, or at least many of you. So you know, always good to have a rainy day fund of cash. Always good to not put yourself behind the eight ball in terms of paying your annual, uh, your your monthly expenses, covering that nut. I mean, if you're dipping into your living expenses to buy cards, I think you need to consider what you're doing and uh, and just be careful. Just be careful. What is up, Chad? Always good to see you, buddy. Uh, Mark, how far is Toronto? Uh, I don't know. I don't know, Mark. Timeless Cardboard. Do you ever see the day when collectors with average budgets start purchasing common cards over Hall of Fame cards? Hall of Fame cards are so expensive. I mean, Timeless Cardboard. Like, what do you mean by common cards? Because if you are including like an eighth year Hall of Famer uh, or a 12th year, a 15th or 20th year, then yeah, I think so. But I don't know why anyone would, when you say common card, I think common player. And so why would anybody buy random common cards of common players unless you have a, a connection to the player? So I don't think so, uh, Timeless Cardboard. I don't think so. What I do see happening is people with average budgets buying cards within their budget. So, you know, we a couple of weeks ago... Um, when, when I had uh, Brent Wire on and we talked about the, the Pareto principle, unfortunately, Pareto doesn't rhyme with burrito, 
but anyway, we talked about that. And, um, you know, I do think that a lot of people are going to, you know, if all you can, if you want, let's say you, you're dying, you're dying to have a Stan Musial rookie card. Uh, and, but all you can afford is a PSA one or an SGC one or two, uh, you know, that's what you're going to buy. I think that's what people will do. People want to own the card. I think, I think there's a big movement lately too, towards people just wanting to own the card and, Listen, condition's important, of course. It's like location and real estate, condition and sports cards, right? But some people just want to own cards. And uh, I recommend buying the nicest you can at the lowest grade. Uh, sorry, at the highest grade that is within your budget, but the nicest that you can. And you can find, even if you can afford a five, you can find nicer threes, that kind of thing at times. So I think the movement is going that way. What is up, Joe Perot, my man from Santa Cruz? uh vesicant corn jay here from the sl days <laughs> glad to see you got the show i remember you talking about it back in the day uh good to see you jay uh thank you for joining yes uh always fun to run into people from past lives justin bow that's tough if it's not pa- yeah you're talking about the bobby Orr. yeah the the bobby Orr. there was one that sold recently for two hundred and fifty thousand. i believe a guy was uh was selling it on Facebook maybe. And um, that one, I don't think that one was, was pack pulled, but I'm not sure. I don't remember the specifics. CC, good evening to you. Three cards that you sold that you regretted afterwards, whether monetary or PC regrets. Oh man. I know there's a few, but am I going to be able to recall them right now? Um, well, I'll tell you one story where I didn't, I've told that story before. A uh, card that I've, man, so many. Bob, uh, Gordy Howe, Gordy Howe, the cup, honorable numbers out of nine. I think I sold it for like $600. The show before the pandemic, like November of 2019 uh, was real, was, you know, would love to get that one back. But you know what? I really don't lose any sleep about the cards I sold right before the pandemic because I took that money and just bought more cards and they went up in value. Of course, they've come down now since then. But uh, I also sold a couple of PSA 7 Wayne Gretzky rookies right before the right before the market took off. And had I sold them, you know, a year later, I would have made triple the money on them. But but I probably wouldn't have sold them. I probably would have kept them and I'd be back to almost where they started. So it's kind of a zero sum game in that way. Just some uh, some missed missed opportunities, I would say, like everybody at that time. Colin Murray says the Bobby or rookie card. Very boring. I mean, I it was such a grail as a kid. You know, it was it was a legend. I think there was one in the city I grew up in that I knew of on a shelf at a card shop. So uh, there's a lot of nostalgia there. And, you know, always love that TV set uh, motif it has going on. Jeff Hart, always good to see you, buddy. Good to see you. Greg C., uh, one immediate change you would make to a pop report or set registry. What would you like to see? Chris S. did a great video on Tag. Yeah, I watched Chris Sewell, uh, baseball card collector, investor, dealers, review of tag today i actually reached out to him because there are a few things that he he wasn't sure about i said i'm happy to come on with you and uh and kind of let your audience uh, fill in the gaps that you weren't able to and uh so we're going to do something just after national uh probably on his channel but one immediate change i would make to a pop report i would put an asterisk at the bottom of the pop report that says um this is not accurate this pop report is not accurate because of the the, the amount of slabs that have been cracked and recently cracked and resubbed or just cards that have been cracked and never resubbed that happens a lot too uh set registry 
I think there's a lot you can do with the set registry. And, um, you know, I've been very active in the past on the PSA set registry. I've had a couple of firsts and uh, sets, but I've kind of stopped be I've stopped myself from being beholden to any checklist pretty much. Rick Hawkins, what's your take on buying autograph cards online, i.e. eBay that have no third party? Just don't, Rick. Just don't would be my take or my advice. Uh, I think I think it's just too risky. Um, I think it's too risky. You know, pack pulled, manufacturer authenticated autographs, I'm totally okay with. I would recommend buying those all the time. Uh, but otherwise, I just I just wouldn't. Justin says the card market has a six-month lag to the stock market. It may be time to buy. Maybe, maybe. Stock market on fire. 90s hockey collector. Welcome to the show. Vintage says, who's the more collectible player over the next few decades, Barry Sanders or Jerry Rice? Oh, man, that's a tough one because uh, I like and collect both. I'm going to go I'm gonna go Jerry Rice. I mean, I think he's the undisputed GOAT receiver. And uh, Barry Sanders, I think, has a few more competitors in the running back uh, department, like your Walter Paytons and Emmett Smiths, uh, among some others. So I'm going to go Jerry Rice. Also played for the 49ers with Joe Montana, but that's a, that's a tough question. I mean, I don't follow those markets close enough to really know, but that'd be my guess and um, probably where I would put more of my money uh, as, and I do collect both those players. And when I say collect both those players, I mean, I probably got like eight Jerry Rice cards and six Barry Sanders, but to me, that's a player collection. Bobby Burrell. What one big move would you suggest the Fanatics should do going forward if you were sitting at their boardroom table? Listen to the collector. Listen to the collector is what I would what I would suggest. Um, preserve the LCS, preserve the LCS, and listen to the collector. Are those big moves, Bobby? I don't know. They they they're not big moves. They're obvious moves, but maybe not. Listen, I'm not in those discussions. I don't know what they're what they're doing uh, in terms of that, but. Um, I still have some faith. I have faith in fanatics. I mean, they're, you know, they, 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 they're not in this, they, they didn't buy their way into this position to, uh, to see it go sideways on them. Now are they, and I think they're led by really smart people. And I think, I think that, you know, they're going to have failures along the way. And I've said it before. I think they're, they're, they're going to fail at things, but I think they're going to fail fast. And I think they're going to, they're going to be very nimble. And, uh, and that's what you have to see. That's what I want to see. Stale prod. I have 120k into cards. My net worth is 1.7 million. Is that too much info into cards? No, I don't think it. I mean, listen, I am not a financial advisor, but uh, compared to me, it's low. I'll just put it to you that way. LA Collection, Jeremy, you sexy animal. How are you? I'm great. LA Collection. Uh, good to see you. Saw some of your content today on IG. Always enjoy it. Mookie Chilson. Jeremy, I've always admired your professional move into a career in sports cards. Do you still enjoy the hobby like you did prior to that decision? Yeah, hundred percent, Mookie. Like I, I love, I love the hobby. I've, I, I love, you know, and I, I always listen. I don't always love the hobby as much as I do. Like right now, here on Saturday night when I'm doing a show, I love, I love doing sports cards live. I mean, we're over three years. I love, I love, I love doing my auction ending coverage shows. You know, I really built that out into like a service that I'm now providing to certain consignment companies. I think I'm working with four different companies doing auction ending, like event type coverage, you know, PWCC, MC sports cards, LCG 
auctions. I got uh, got two more actually. So it's like five, two more that I'm going to be working with very shortly. So, and I'll be announcing those soon. So like that, that's, to me, that's like, uh, I've kind of, I kind of feel like I've created this, I don't know, content category and uh, there's others doing it and I encourage it. I've talked to them uh, and, and given them some tips. Like, I think that there's a, a whole opportunity for like these auction ending coverage shows because it's so much fun watching bids come in towards the end of a show, seeing what cards sell for, talking about the cards. We get great audiences. So I really enjoy that. Um, and of course, working with, with the, the the people and the the tech and the the just the service and the the the, cult, the culture at TAG. I mean, I've never worked with an organization uh, that I respect as much as that one. So I couldn't be happier, Mookie. But again, the hobby, you know, there are, there are uh, drains in this hobby. There are things that, that happen uh, that can bother, that bother everybody, you know, whether it's pulling out a card, pulling a card from a pack that is, that is damaged or getting a grade back on a card that you don't agree with, or in the content creation space, uh, having critics and being criticized and having haters and all this and that, like that all happens. But, you know, I think, I think when you're a content creator, you develop uh, you develop techniques to handle that, and um, I'm pretty pretty happy with the ones that I have for that. I hope that answered your question, Mookie. Thank you for it, Mark Santucci. Do you have any league leaders or highlights cards? I don't think I do, Mark. I don't think I do. Can't think of any off the top of my head. Carlos B. Good says it's always a great time to buy hockey. Robbie, two questions under the radar under the radar short print vintage hockey card. And next insert to potentially pop 90s style. Well, listen, I'll show you a card I just bought. Listen, I'll show you a card I just bought. And I bought it today, maybe yesterday, paid for it today. So I'll show that to you. And I think that it's, I think it's a great card. Um, let me just find it here. I'm going to pull it up on my phone. See if I can uh, find this quickly. And uh, come on, give me the picture. Here it is. So I just bought this card. This is from the very current, the very newly released uh, Fleer Ultra Hockey. And here's, I don't even know what it's called. I think it's called Team Ultra. But I bought this today, this uh, Connor McDavid. And from what I can tell, this is like one of the rarest, hardest to hit inserts in, in Fleer Ultra, which is an EPAC exclusive product. You can't buy this in stores. You can only buy this on Upper Deck's EPAC platform. And uh, it just looks like, it reminds me of um, of Playmakers Theater. So I just really like the looks of that. I love the blue, bit of a color match with the McDavid. So I bought that. Uh, it was on, I bought it on eBay. It was a Com C sale on eBay, an auction. Bought it for like $190. And um, I thought, I, I mean, my high bid was like, I think my high bid was 444.44 with like two seconds left. The bid was at like 180 and I got it for 190. I thought I like, I thought I stole the thing, but we'll see. I bought it for, so I bought it on, on eBay for 190, but I had to pay Com C to 11.67 because they upcharge you because it's like taking cash out where they charge you 10 or 15%, whatever it is. So I actually, it actually cost me 211. Uh, but I also bought four other cards today. Bought on seven. Yeah, these are all bought on seven oh one. Listen, I don't know that these are gonna. These aren't gonna pop because they're not new. But I'm gonna show you guys some cards I bought anyway. So these are all. 
They're all the same insert name, but they are from different uh, years. They're all called Gallery of Heroes. So the first one I bought, this is today, all on ComC, uh, Sandy Koufax. These cards, like they're like stained glass. They shine right through. They're they're amazing. Uh, and that, this the Sandy Koufax. I paid uh, twenty eight dollars and sixty nine cents. I also bought this Brett Favre from a different year, stained glass type, beautiful, beautiful card. I love it. Can't wait to get it in hand. I've actually now had my shipment come through. I paid, uh, I'll tell you what I paid. It doesn't matter, $29.95, $29 for that Brett Favre. I bought this, this one, Carl Malone, beautiful Carl Malone. Like these cards are just so nice. Listen, I don't, these are collector cards. I'm a collector. I love it. The Carl Malone was $24.25. And the last one I bought today, for $22.99 was this Willie Mays All Gallery of Heroes card. So anyway, I love these. I only have two others in my collection. Uh, I have a Peyton Manning and a uh, uh, bah, 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 Ray Allen and a Ray Allen. So anyway, listen, Robbie, I don't know if uh, if if that Fleer Ultra card is going to pop or not, but I think it's a great card. I think it's very rare. So I picked it up and it's Connor McDavid. Uh, Bobby with a question, Justin Boat. I like fanatics. They took a bet on us being the hobby. Yes, they did. Daniel Busby back in the saddle. Get to see you, Daniel. Hope everything's been good with you. Ladies man said, uh, bought a pass for a national first time, but no booth. Uh, there are places to sit or lounge passes or anything. And what's the size compared to the Toronto expo? Yeah, it's like, it's way, I don't know, six times the Toronto expo ladies, man, lots of places to sit down, lots of places to sit down. Thoughts on Damian Lillard's to investor flip if he gets traded to Miami. I'm not your guy, fan one, two, three on Damian Lillard. I'm sorry. Mookie Chilson, from the outside, it looks like you're thriving and happy. I'm so glad to hear you confirm it. You're a genuine credit of the hobby. Thank you, Mookie Chilson. I greatly appreciate that, Mookie. Sincerely, thank you so much. CC, your thoughts of utilizing vaults like PWCC or collectors to store cards, especially for collectors based in Canada and higher value cards. It's a personal preference choice, CC. I've used the PWCC vault several times as a US mailing address. And when I buy cards from PWCC, they go in the vault. But I want my cards in hand. So what I do is I wait until I'm going to see PWCC at a card show where they are willing to bring me those cards among other people. And I and I, I basically empty my vault uh, every chance I get because I want my cards in hand. Now, benefits of them, protection, you know, depends where, where, what geography you live in, like protection from thieves, fire, humidity, uh, all those sorts of things. Um, easy, easy to sell really quick and easy to sell. Just, I, I don't know about the collector's vault, but the PWCC vault, I think they're, they're making it even better. Now you just click it, sell it, and it goes for sale immediately. So it really helps with liquidity that way. I'm sure the collector's vault is going to be is or going to be very similar to what PWCC is doing. They seem to stay step in step with PWCC uh, along the way. So um, yeah, I mean, uh, I think they're I think they're great for people who ne don't necessarily want their cards in hand. I want my cards in hand personally. LA Collection likes the Gallery of Heroes. I'm glad Troy DeLuca. What are traits you look for when buying modern and which of those do you weigh most heavily? Ooh, that's a tough, that's a really, I wasn't expecting that one, Troy DeLuca. I appeal, man. Not even like I appeal, 
as let me rephrase aesthetics aesthetics like i want i need to like the looks of a card if i don't like the looks of a card i don't really care how rare or scarce it is i bought cards before because they were like um they were easter eggs or they were rare case hits and i thought well that's going to be an important card so i'm going to buy it and then i have it and then when i do a pc purge which i do once or twice a year i go through uh it may not just survive my pc so that's really uh that's really how how I how I feel is it ha- aesthetics are the number one thing and then for me it comes down to the player I'm not buying any and all players I'm not collecting any sets if they're like even the card I just showed you even all those cards I just showed I'm not going for complete sets because I don't want to be holden to a checklist I don't want to be beholden to a checklist that has players I don't care about I don't, there's too many players on checklists that I don't care about so I stopped collecting sets. Um, mostly stopped collecting sets several years ago. I still do collect the odd one here or there because I just love the cards that much. And the ratio of important players to unimportant players is higher. Ladies man says, what's McDavid's market been doing in general? Uh, you know, I think I think pretty well. Like, I think he's been steady, but we're in the off season now. So there might be some opportunities coming, I would, I would think. I'll be watching for them anyway. Andrew Mark says ComC has a vault near Vancouver. PWCC has better shipment options. Colin Murray says no taxes for PWCC is the biggest positive because they are a non uh, or a, a sales tax free state uh, in Oregon. So you can ship your cards there and you, the seller of those cards doesn't need to charge you sales tax. So, but there are fees associated with, with storing at PWCC. So you have to make sure that they, that they don't outweigh the taxes. Mark Santucci, what's the most expensive card that you pulled from a pack when you were a kid? Mark, Mark, what cards were expensive when I was a kid? I mean, I pulled every single, I pulled every single hockey card that came out from, you know, 1978 to 1990. Uh, I pulled pretty much every basketball I, when, in the 1980s set. I was buying those packs as a kid. Uh, so take your pick. The Magic Bird rookie probably pulled a couple of those when I was a kid. Ah, Kenny from Pastime in the House. What's going on, Kenny? Good to see you. Jay Skolnick, my man from Australia. If you decided to stop collecting hockey cards, what other sports? Well, I I do collect Jay. I I collect hockey, basketball, football, baseball, and and non sport. I I so I so a lot more than hockey. My collection is mostly hockey, but I mean I well here I I have here's my ba- my thirty three Gaudi Babe Ruth. Happens to be on the table, right? Uh, Layton's in the background. He's peeking in on this one. There's my, so I, I mean, I love this card, right? And I, I love this card and I've owned this card for, I think 12 years now. Um, but I, you know, non-sport, I just paired these two together. I just paired the, I just picked up the Robin at a local show to pair with my Batman. And I mean, I love these cards. Like there's, I, I love the, I love this to me is like an, an amazing pairing. I love these, love them. Both very strong for the grade. Uh, these are actually just cards that are left over on my desk from uh, last week's show with Robbie Pastry, where we where we showed a few. So, uh, and the one other baseball card I have, I showed it last week. I'll show it again. Is my my Honus Wagner from 1910? Layton's nodding in the background. So this is the uh, American Caramel. And again, I'll never. I don't think I'm going to be able to afford a T206 Wagner. And I love this card. I love the blue background. I love I love this picture of him. I love the portrait. And this is another card I've had since around 2011, 12 or 13, something like that. So I collect a lot more than just hockey, Jay. 
Thank you, Jake, on the Batman, the the 1966 Batman Black Bat. Black Bat. I love it. All right, guys. Well, hey, Layton has just joined, so we're going to do the Vintage Spotlight segment with Layton. Hopefully, you guys have a few questions for him. Um, I don't know what I... Let's bring him on. Let's bring him on. Layton, how are you, my friend? Good. How are you, Jeremy? I am good, man. I am good. I'm good. It's good to see you. I'm going to throw up... Uh, guys, you can follow Layton on Instagram at Layton underscore Sheldon at just underscore collect. You can listen to his podcast, Trading Card Therapy. Layton is a sponsor of Sports Cards Live. Comes on for the Vintage Spotlight segment. Uh, Layton, let's uh, let's talk. Let's talk. Listen, you just tuned in. What have you thought about what you've heard so far? I think I want to buy your Wagner and Babe Ruth 33 copy. That's what I think. I had somebody, you know, it's funny. when And someone asked earlier about, uh, you know, set registry. And I'm, I still have a PSA set registry. I get people emailing me via the set registry regularly asking me can they buy my c56 set or my c55 set or my c57 set and while it's nice and flattering then i will give them credit they they give me a number they don't just say is it they say i will send you this much today and i'm like thank you for your interest and for your respectful message but you know not for sale or you're going to have to triple your offer because, I mean, they're just not for sale, you know? Um, do you have, are you somebody who goes through the set registry and looks for people to buy cards from? Or or do you have people asking to buy cards from you that way? No, um, I've had people ask to buy my cards that way. I've not done that to folks. I think that it can be successful. I just feel like, at least for the way that I um, handle business, it's not the way that I would go about it but I could definitely see it having its advantages. And especially if you're a collector, you know, if you're not doing this full time and you know, you're not going to track the 17 auctions that happen every week. Um, it's kind of nice to be able to go to a registry. In fact, I thought for a long time, there should be a global registry yeah. um, and nothing to do with global authenticated. I want to, you know, uh, have any encompassing. Yeah. I mean, because I just think that, and, and, and I don't I don't know that there's right like a, a right or a wrong way to eat a Reese's and there's not a right or a wrong way to collect a vintage set or a graded set. Um, there are some people I understand. They only want to have SGC. They only want to have Beckett or PSA or for that matter, Tag, whatever the case is. I myself, though, I'm not really a set guy anymore. But if I was, although I would prefer to have each of the cards in that graded set, the same company. I would be more than okay with having any of the major companies' cards. And so kind of getting back to the original reason why you asked, I would be much more interested in contacting someone over a global registry, mm. even though, of course, PSA has most of the volume. Um, but I, I nonetheless, um, I think it can be effective. It's just not one of the ways that I, I do things. We have a bunch of questions rolling in for you late, and thanks for that. So let's get through them. LGC says, what's your favorite kid-friendly vacation destination, Leighton? Uh, very uh, good question. Um, so this weekend, I'm with my son at the beach. Uh, we're staying in a friend's, uh, you know, the New Jersey or the Jersey Shore is very popular. Um, I'm very much into activities. Uh, so it could be going to Hershey Park. I took Crosby to Disney World last year. Um, World. As he gets a little bit older... I'm hoping to do some more adventurous things like, you know, hikes in some of the famous parks uh, and things of that nature. I don't think he's quite there yet. Um, Disneyland's a Disneyland's a good answer for that one. Yeah, I mean, listen, it was great. But, you know, truth be told, uh, we love the beach. Um, you know, today, 
only because he's asking. I realize it's nothing to do with business, but it was so awesome. Like he went or the water, hobby, or the but, hobby, yeah, or the hobby for that matter, um, or the show, really. But uh, we literally, I, I was so happy. Um, we took uh, both of our baseball gloves, and so you know, we spent time on the beach, spent some time in the water, but we grabbed our mitts. We were on the sand, throwing the ball around a bunch. We threw the frisbee around and. I know he's got his headphones on behind me. He, he said he likes Jeremy when I do the podcast with you because it means he can stay up late. Nice. All right. So let's, I'm let's, just not worried. I'm not, I'm not sure how it's going to go back to his mother and how it's going to come back to me eventually, but we'll let's, deal with the repercussions later. Let's move along. Justin Boat says, Leighton was the first I watched to get me back in the hobby. That's a... That's pretty pretty sweet right there, uh, Leighton. So so thank you, Leighton, for bringing Justin back into the hobby. That's uh, that, that's kudos to you. Fan123 says, basketball cards will always go for more than football long-term unless you're Tom Brady or Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, don't count on that, Fan123. I would say don't count on that. And I, I only say that because nothing's forever. The, the only constant is change. That's the only reason I say that. Mark Santucci, Leighton, do you like hockey? And if so, do you have any favorite players or sets? Uh, listen, I definitely like hockey. I prefer live hockey over anything. Uh, I grew up a Ranger fan, more of a passive Ranger fan. But as my son hopefully goes to some games with me, and if he takes it up, uh, believe me, I'll be happy to kind of get back into it. As far as what I collect, it's kind of interesting. But I remember, you'll probably appreciate this, Jeremy. You know, growing up in the 80s, even collecting sports cards in the late 80s, like OPG hockey wasn't existent in the States. You couldn't buy a nice Steve Eiserman rookie. And if you could, it was like... It, way overpriced so you know i have some nice 80s opg hockey cards in my collection some of them are in eights some of them are in nines i have a couple tens um but if you had to tell me like you know what do i really like um i actually am really into the 30s hockey you know the the crazy these different issues and the nuances um i like the howie morens cards uh you know i'm familiar with the c55 56 sets and i, and I definitely enjoy those but there's something I actually think 30s hockey, and, and I don't own really any of substantial nature for full disclosure. I think it's undervalued. It's really hard to find. And like you can buy a Howie Moran's in a four. Like if that was a Babe Ruth, it would be, yeah. you know, fifteen, eighteen thousand dollars. Yeah, people don't so, understand that how Howie Moran's is the first superstar of hockey. He's to me, yeah. he's the pre-war kind of grail card from 23 Patterson versus the the C55 Bezna. But I think they're both. They're both important grail type cards for sure. Listen, they're 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 both great, but yes, I, I really dig vintage hockey, and I have a feeling, Jeremy, if we continue to hang out, you're probably going to be shaping up my collection a little bit. Happy to. Uh, okay, we got a few more questions, Leighton, so let's try and uh, run through them here. Mookie says, Leighton, how does a master of vintage like you think about what Shohei Otani is doing and what he could mean to the hobby in decades to come? Great question. So, uh, first one. I'll just address the actual player himself and, and what he's doing in the field. I think, and listen, I am an avid baseball fan, but not the way I was when I was 15 years old, right? It's just different. As you said, the only thing that's constant with time is change. Um, I think it's really exciting to consider the kids right now that are 11, that might be 16, that might be seven, whatever the case is, that are young, that are watching Otani and saying, I want to do not only the same thing, I want to do it better. And I know it's really hard, and I'm not suggesting it's going to happen, maybe even in our lifetime. I just think it's amazing um, the revolutionary things he's doing for the sport. And I think it's going to get people that maybe were on the sidelines back in um, or folks that have been out for a long time 
back in. And I think both of those are really good for baseball. And as far as cards go, I don't think I need to say much else. I own virtually no modern. I own and have bought several Shohei Otani rookies over the last few years. Um, just because I was intrigued by what he could maybe do. Of course, now probably would be a good episode for a future Jeremy to show off some of my Otani cards. I'm kind of getting the itch. I'm like, I think I have to sell one. I don't want to, but I don't want to, you know, just watch it go up. You know, I, I got to be responsible. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I do have some Otani cards and I've been enjoying watching him play. All right. Good stuff. Uh, Mark Santucci, I love this question, Mark. He says, Leighton, what do you think about multiplayer rookies? Example, Joe Morgan. Of course, there's Johnny Bench and Nolan Ryan. And I mean, there's tons of them. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, on multiplayer? Pete Rose, of course. What are your thoughts on those cards, Leighton? I think that they're great. But they could be greater if they were by themselves. Yeah, right. That's really the bottom line. You know, people enjoy, for example, I know it's not his rookie. But people will collect the 35 Gaudi Babe Ruth foreign one. But the main reason they collect it is it's just not as expensive as the 33 Gaudi. Um, and so here's the deal. What I think super cool, we'll just use Nolan Ryan, right? Great pitcher in the Hall of Fame. And his rookie card is quite valuable. What I think it's super cool is think for yourself. If you don't really like the fact that he shares his iconic rookie with Jerry Guzman, go buy his 69, his second year. It's a great card. I actually prefer it, just if you're talking about aesthetics. And it's more affordable. And no one's going to say, oh, my God, you went out and bought a Nolan Ryan second year in an eight or a nine. You're a dope. No one's going to say that. And even if they did, I wouldn't listen to him. It doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love that answer. It's pretty much bang on uh, with my answer. All right, I'm just going to do a couple of uh, comments here that have come in, but we have more questions for you right now. Fan123, got to get myself a dual Otani Trout. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Double D, back in the house. Good to see you. Stooks is here. Good to see you, Stooks. Long time. Oh, those are Double D and Stooks talking to each other. Welcome to the show, fellas. Uh, Ultimate pastime, my friend. Mark is there. Good to see you, Mark. Uh, If you're still here, thank you for joining in and letting me know that you're here. Stale Prod says the amount of NFL fans is way more than NBA. Fans are the heart of collectors, in my opinion. I think there's a I think there's a correlation there for sure, Stale Prod. Joe Perot says, how does Leighton feel about Star Company basketball cards? Thoughts on their long-term appeal? And then after this one, we'll come back to a question that Robbie had a few minutes ago. Please, Leighton. Sure. Uh, love Star Basketball, full disclosure. I do own a few Jordan Star rookies. I own a few of the other rookies, but believe it or not, mainly signed. I'm a vintage basketball nerd, and I was collecting star basketball signed rookies before they became popular. I don't have a Jordan star signed, so if you have one, you want to do some sort of epic trade or sell it, please let me know, but those cards are impossible. Um, What do I think about them long term? I'm kind of torn. Uh, You know, on the one hand, I really dig them. I love that they're scarce, and they represent such a wonderful time in, in the NBA. On the other hand, There's people, myself included, I'm not as into cards that were given away or bought at arenas. Like, I like them out of packs. Does that mean that they're bad cards if they didn't come out of packs? No. So, at the end of the day, I think that I like star basketball, and I really like 86 clear basketball, and I don't know that I would choose one over the other. And, of course, there's arguments that can be made as to why you should buy the star, and I don't think it's a could or a should. I just know for me – like growing up in the late 80s, going to card shows, 
you didn't really see much star basketball, but I did see on occasion like a Mario Lemieux or Peachy rookie. And so there's something to be said, like they weren't um, easy to find, but I enjoyed trying to look for like a high grade, you know, uh, rookie card of the superstar like Mario Lemieux. And as much as I think star basketball is fantastic, I would be careful and I would diversify. So if you're going to buy a Jordan star, then maybe get some other stuff non-star because I wouldn't bet the farm a star basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Great comments, man. And I agree with the, you know, the pack issue is important to me for my PC, but I don't think I consider it important anymore for the RC designation, but that's a whole other discussion. Uh, and I don't own a star card. I do have an 86 Fleer Jordan and I'm kind of losing love. Like I know it's like the most, like the top three most iconic cards in the hobby. I get it. And it's, it's cool. And I'll probably always have one, but I am, like you said, diversify. I am way more interested in Jordan, rare 90s Jordans, like inserts and parallels than I am either the star or the Fleer right now. Uh, that's that's where I'm at on them anyway. So, uh, okay, thank you for that, Joe Perot. Robbie says, Layton, any other cards like the Bond Bread Robinson you like of another player uh, like Willie Mays? Any Willie, any oddball Willie Mays that you can shout out for Robbie? Uh, sure, the 59 Bazooka. Uh, you know, obviously it's not a rookie, but if you've ever seen that card, it's a great image of him. The card's almost impossible. It's very low pop. And the reason why I dig the 59 bazookas is because if you take, let's say, like a maze from a 60s bazooka issue, people then all of a sudden start to get concerned with the grade. No one cares about the grades on 59 bazookas. They're impossible. There you go. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for that, Com. Thank you for that. Uh, tip of the mitt, just Jim is here. Good to see you. JP, you're late. I showed them, I showed them uh, earlier in the show, JP. Please rewind up uh, when we're done. You'll see my latest pickup. How about you, Leighton? Uh, what's your latest pickup? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was... Oh, my God. I just realized we just closed this deal. I wish I had the cards here. So it was like maybe 14 cards, 15 cards. And this individual has more. I don't know how John in our office, as he's affectionately known as J5, got this individual to ship the cards. Um, but when I looked at them, now keep in mind, this is not PC, even though I might keep a card or two for my personal collection. Uh, it just happened at Just Collect uh, uh, today's Saturday, so Thursday. We sent out the check yesterday. Um, all ungraded. A T206 uh, Cobb Red that literally looks near mint. Um, it's got... It's got creasing in the upper right, but if you ever wanted a three in your collection, this is the one. So I wish I had it to show off tonight. Maybe I'll put it on social media and I'll tag uh, the show, Jeremy, because it's great. Um, 48 Leaf Jackie. And by the way, all these are ungraded. A 14 Cracker Jack John McGraw. A 15 Cracker Jack uh, Home Run Baker. Uh, 52 Tops Warren Spawn. I'm trying to name them all. It's not easy, but I'm doing all right. Um, <laughs> and it was a really odd collection because the cards range from, you know, 1910 to the 50s. But this individual has been collecting for 40 years. Wow. So, you know, people that have been collecting for that long, you could buy 14 Cracker Jack, you know, John McGraw in VG eight years ago for like $100, maybe $150. Right Good. That's a nice haul. That's a nice haul for sure. All right. Uh, Just Jim says many second years are far better on. T- yeah, you know, we talked talking about that a few minutes ago. 
Uh, 90s hockey collector. What do you guys think about loyalty of a player? Does it help hobby love slash value in the long term? Example, Iserman, who played all of his career in Detroit. I personally do think it helps. Now, there are exceptions like Wayne Gretzky. Uh, you know, Mario Lemieux played his whole career with Pittsburgh. Iserman, like you said. And then that's just hockey. There's other sports too, but it's tougher. Uh, even Michael Jordan didn't play his whole career with one team. But for all intents and purposes, he kind of did, but he didn't, you know. So um, I think it does help 90s hockey collector unless you are a Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky, uh, that kind of player. Then I think you you get uh, you get a pass. Uh, how about you, Leighton? Any, any additional comments on that? I mean, in general, it seems as though when a player switches teams early, mid-career, it has a bigger impact than if the player switches teams late career. Perfect example was Michael Jordan. And in fact, yeah. for some people who enjoy the Wizards franchise, there's like his stuff is still very collectible that was produced by Upper Deck in a Wizards uniform, whether it be card or jersey. Um, and I just think that the greater the player is, the greater the legacy is. If they do it at the end of the career, does anyone care that Babe Ruth technically was on the Dodgers as a coach? I mean, I don't think so. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. No, good points. I, I definitely agree with all of that. Justin Bode said it's all about packs nationwide. Double D, I agree. Pack pulled cards have a much bigger draw to me. Tip of the mitt. Jim, thoughts from each of you on the 71 Ryan? Yeah, I mean, the 71 is such a cruel and crazy set because of those black borders. Uh I think it's cool, but I do, I prefer the 69 myself. That second year, Nolan Ryan, uh, the second year, Pete Rose. Like I could see myself at this coming national picking up, you know, four to six second year cards that I don't have yet. I have a Pete Rose already, but I think for baseball, and I'm only talking baseball here. I think that's the only one I have in my PC. Uh, I can see myself getting a few more because I love the bench and the Ryan and, and, the rest of them too. So the Carew, you know, uh, the Joe Morgan, there's so many great ones. How about you? Uh, agreed. I love the 70 tops, Nolan Ryan and the 71 tops, Nolan Ryan. Uh, I'm not sure, Jeremy, if we could uh, throw this out there, but I think it'd be an interesting topic. So you're talking about Michael Jordan before, and I know that there's something on social media, uh, whether it be from Patrick Ryan and others where <laughs> people are legitimately confused, miffed, as to why are these pack holds, game-used swatch jersey cards signed by LeBron, why do they sell for more than a game-used jersey? And I think this is what makes the hobby great. And you're going to see how I'm going to tie this together to the Michael Jordan discussion we were just having. So I collect Jordan uh, early cards. I'm starting to be romanced by the 90s and 2000s inserts. I mean, some of them I collected growing up. But for the last, call it 10 years, 12 years, now I got lucky. I, I bought a bunch of ticket stubs years ago when they weren't uh, important or exciting. But I've been collecting Michael Jordan pre-upper deck vintage signed autograph stuff for a while. And on the one hand, I really like that it's affordable. On the other hand, I'm like, it doesn't make any sense why would I pay more money for an Upper Deck authenticated item? Yes, I know it's authenticated by Upper Deck, but I've got to know Jordan's signature pretty well. I'm only buying PSA or Beckett, you know, authenticated items. And so, you know, you're going to have these anomalies where, hey, I think that a vintage Michael Jordan signed photo 
that's eight by 10 should sell for more than an upper deck sign photo that was signed in mass quantity. But this is what's great about the hobby is my point. You don't have to agree that star basketball because it wasn't packed pole should be worth more or less. You decide with your wallet. Yep, I think it's really fun to discuss. I'm never going to tell someone that I'm right or wrong. It's just an opinion. But what's great is the Nationals happening in a few weeks. Let's put our money where our proverbial mouths are. And if you love second-year cards, go out and pick up a few of them, especially if you think they're underpriced. I know I was collecting vintage photography long before it got hot. I just wish I bought more of it. And I ended up acquiring a really great piece that, you know, maybe if it was understood the way it was today, years ago, I wouldn't have had that chance. So my point is, like, let's, you know, understand that it's not going to be a perfect market. And I do agree, by the way. I would rather own a LeBron James signed game use jersey, especially with provenance, and I knew exactly the game it was from or the games it was from versus owning a logo man. But I'm not sharing something new right now. I'm just letting you know I don't think till if you yell and scream about it, it makes you any more right. It's just your logic. If you like that LeBron jersey, go out and buy that if you have the means. If you like the LeBron pack pulled card, then go out and buy that. I know yeah. for me, Michael Jordan stuff is still relatively affordable um, that I call vintage, and I kind of dig it. Will it yeah. you know, pay off in the long run? The way that some of his 90s inserts and 2000s inserts, it may not, but I'm still having fun doing it. And that's my recommendation is make sure you go to the National. Don't put all this undue pressure on yourself to try to find like the next gem or the next card that you think should be hyped on social media. Um, just really in, do it for the passion. And I think you're going to be you know, doing great. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to comment a little bit because you said a lot that resonates with me there. And but I, I'm willing to take it one step further. So first, your, your comparison of the LeBron James, you know, game worn jersey versus the logo man. I'm out on both. They're they're way they're well beyond me. Uh, they're not my top choices anyway. Would I love to own them? Sure, but it's not for me. So, but there's a lot of people, and there's a lot of people all over Instagram nowadays, you know, who are really trying to not trying. They're just, I guess, they're excited about their memorabilia collections, and I think that's wonderful. But I think it's a different hobby than collecting cards. So when I see the, uh, you know, why why would you spend a million dollars on this logo, man, when you can buy the whole jersey for 500000 Or why would you spend $1,000 on this card when you can get the jersey for five hundred? I don't collect jerseys. That's it. It's a sale. You know, I don't collect jerseys. Jeremy, I put something on Instagram about one of the best burgers in New York City. It's at Mineta Tavern. And it's 40 bucks. I don't get it often, a couple times a year. And people might ask you, Layton, you can buy a Burger King hamburger for $6. It's still meat. Some would argue it's not. But my point is, is that you, as the holder of the funds, are allowed to decide for yourself what is good, what is not good. And by the way, I agree with you. I was shaking my head. I not only agree with you, Jeremy, I think that you are 100% right about saying memorabilia collecting is different than cards. And I'll tell you why. Because you're talking to a professional baseball card treasure hunter. And I love what I do. But collecting memorabilia has allowed me to trade professionally cards, meaning buy and sell them, just a little bit more easily. Because I know I can go to the National. I might 
I've still picked up cards for myself and the business, but if I pick up a piece or two of memorabilia, I feel no pressure. I'll sell it whenever, I'll give it to my son. And it's just two totally different things. So to me, it is not correct to say because you can buy a piece of memorabilia for X and the card costs Y that your your item is better. That's not what it is. It's just different. It's you know, different. if you want to buy a luxury automobile, it still drives and so does a cheaper Honda or a Honda. Yeah, but you could but Leighton, you could have bought a boat for half the price. <laughs> That's my point. And I think in general we should be careful of this. I don't like when the rhetoric and the discussion is like, hey, I'm right because I'm smarter than you. Yeah. Because I know more than you. Guys, we got news for you. This is what makes the world go round. Some people like $6 burgers. Some people like $40 burgers. And guess Not what? Everything. They're all going to the same place. And there's no judgment for me because I've had $6 burgers. I've had 40 and I've had in between. And uh, in general, I, I do like burgers. I like pizza more. Um, but I just want to make sure that, and I, this is why I love the show, Jeremy, educate. But don't try to make an imprint on someone because you just wholeheartedly believe you're right because right. of the facts. These In, aren't so facts. The way I say, Lynn, is, you know, and this comes this comes part and parcel with having a, a, a platform on YouTube and being a content creator. Like, I would rather inspire than influence. I don't want to tell, you know, if, if you want to, someone asks, what's your latest pickup? I show it and you're going to go out and buy it. That's out of my control. I have every right to show my latest pickup or a card that I like on on my platform if i if if i want to sh share a card i'm a hobbyist too but in in inspiring is such a is is a lot i don't know i think it's just a better way to go about it versus influencing and and going out and telling people like i do see the content like we mentioned about you know why would you buy the card when you can get the whole jersey and i say i don't collect cards sorry i don't collect jerseys i collect cards yet i have two jerseys over me this one this was a gift and that one I wore to every card. That's a gamer I wore to every card show I set up at for 15 years. So and then I find and then I framed it. So those are my only two I would jerseys. Make a bit on that, but right. But you see, the thing is, is that like it's again, it's not, it's not one or the other. It, it, it's what you collect. And if you are going from cards, if you got into cards and now you're getting out of cards, you're going into uh, memorabilia. You're not a card collector. You're a card speculator investor. You probably never were a card collector. Or you're maybe doing a bit of both. And that's great. You could like both. Find a third and a fourth thing too to collect. I got third and fourth things myself. One of them is just not game-worn memorabilia. And it's not because I don't think it's awesome. It's because cards are small and compact. I can have a thousand of them. And they'll take up as much room as one jersey. You only have so much wall space as well. So anyway... Um, those are why I collect cards and I've collect cards my whole life. I'm not going to all of a sudden pivot into memorabilia. I just don't see it happening. Anyway, good, good topic. Good question. Uh, that was a while on that one. Um, again, we're going to do one more question with you, Leighton, then we'll let you go. And uh, I wanted to do, there's a question here from M Monty. I think this is where you can really educate Leighton. He says, uh, can you guys enlighten us on the 1935 national Schickel, Bronco Nagurski, its history and importance in the hobby, its rarity, and also your take on its current desirability. I mean, I know I know this card to be a Mount Rushmore football card. I know that 
Hall of Famer, Bronco, you know, uh, would love to own a copy myself, even though I have no attachment to the player, no nostalgia for Bronco, but I love that piece of cardboard. I think it's amazingly beautiful. I want to hear this answer as much as M. Monty does. Sure. So first of all, national chickle football is really, really tough to find. I have been buying fresh collections for 25 years, and I can count on one hand how many fresh collections of chickle football I bought. However, I did have the good fortune, and I'll be showing them off on social media in the next few weeks. I picked up a collection, about 57 of them, not too long ago. And there is a Nagurski in it. So Nagurski, of course, is a Hall of Famer. He's in the high portion of the series of that set. But one of the things that was talked about in another podcast recently that I think folks forget about its sister set is that even though the National Chickle baseball set is not revered with a well-known Hall of Fame rookie, a lot of people believe it is some of the nicest art ever produced on a gum card. Um, and so I believe that that carried over to the football set. The football set only has 36 cards. It is substantial in nature, not just because of the Nagurski, but it's got Newt Rockney and several other key cards of the era. And so if you think about also baseball, for example, versus football, how many issues are there from the 1930 time period? And you have a lot of options to collect as far as baseball cards. There's not more than one Nagurski in the set like there is with Ruth and the Gowdy. There's not um, multiple years of National Chickle football. And so I just believe that it's simple supply and demand. There's not enough supply. Um, I don't know anything more as far as probably the general population out there as to why it's so tough. But National Chickle baseball is also tough. And so I suspect that during the time of, you know, the war drives and cards being destroyed or turned in, et cetera, that National Chickle football was not made in the same quality as baseball. And it's been really, really difficult to get for as long as I can remember. And I'm really happy that they brought this up today because I'm even more excited to share the collection of cards that we were able to recently get of National Chickle football. Right on. Well, yeah, thanks for the information. I mean, it's a card that I, you know, as a collector of vintage Hall of Famers and important cards, and even though I don't have a nostalgic connection to Bronco Nagurski, um, I do have a nostalgic collection to important cardboard. And that's a card that I would like to own at some point. I don't know that I ever will. It's in there with a with a George Mikan for me. You know, I only know about Mikan because of cards. I wouldn't have, I don't know of him otherwise. If I wasn't a hobbyist, I wouldn't even know that he ever existed. But I, I think it's a great card and I still want one. Those two are probably going to be like maybe the last important uh, Mount Rushmore cards that I that I ever pick up. Uh, Leighton, thank you uh, so much for coming on again. Thank you for your ongoing support. And uh, always good to have you and spitting the education out uh, to, to myself and the audience. So thank you. Have a great weekend and happy 4th of July to you and uh, Crosby. Thanks so much, guys. And if anyone's going to be going to the Nashville National Tennessee Card Show next week, then drop me a line. I'll be there Thursday through Saturday. Right on. Go visit Leighton at Just Collect. All right, buddy. Thank you. All right. So I'm going to continue on. Uh, with the questions. And if I see any more that were addressed to both Leighton and myself, uh, unfortunately, it's just myself that will 
have to answer them now. So Carlos B. Good writes, when will Americans stop worshipping black players on cardboard? Just wondering what's the deal with Americans and black worship, no hard feelings. That's the weirdest question I've ever read out loud, I think, Carlos. I think the answer is never. I hope the answer is never. I think it's just too important uh, for them to stop. I don't know if it's worshipping. Worshipping is a pretty strong word. Uh, uh so I don't know, Carlos, but uh, I feel like I've learned something new about you tonight that I don't really love. Uh, okay, let's keep on going here. Uh, the bargain boxer says you don't collect jerseys. Isn't that a framed jersey on the wall? Oh, I just I just addressed that uh, bargain boxer. Yes, um, those are two framed jerseys on the wall behind me. But um, uh, yeah, of course, you don't have all the contacts, but maybe now you do if you're still here listening to what i'm saying bob's big boy says the fanatics frictionless model will depend they acquire or launch a grading company at some point acquisition seems to be their modus operandi have to think that puts sgc or beckett in play yeah i think that's a an easy conclusion to get to bob's bob i think a lot of people are, are making that assumption i think people are also speculating ccg uh so you know there's a there's lots of grading company on well, lots I think, I think probably all the grading companies are in play or at least of interest to fanatics. Uh, the Bob's big boy, again, the portability and ease of storing and shipping two and a half by three and a half inch inches pieces of cardboard makes cards a unique collectible can carry hundreds Jersey. Yeah. That's, that's a big thing for me, a, a big draw for me, Bob, towards sports cards over larger collectibles. Thank you, uh, just Jim. Thank you so much for that. Bargain Boxer says, Jeremy, picking and choosing what comments to read must be on the Fanatics payroll. Uh, I'm just picking the ones that I really find interesting myself, Bargain Boxer. Uh, I guess I'm on the Fanatics payroll. I do I do invoice, uh, I do invoice PWCC every month, but I guess as of when did that acquisition, when did they acquire PWCC? That was the end of April. So yes, I guess indirectly I am on the, I'm on the Fanatics payroll. Yeah. Very astute comment of you. Bargain boxer. Cards AH says my wife doesn't mind my cards, hates my jerseys. Hilarious. Hilarious. Jake's toe had two John Stockton game issue jerseys from 96, 97, sold them about 10 years ago. Wish I would have kept one of them. Not an easy jersey to find. Yeah, that's one of those, you know, seller's remorse. I think we we all have that on, on, on items. The Bargain Boxer, can you enlighten us on whose payroll you are on? Yeah, of course. No problem, Bargain Boxer. First of all, every, uh, every hobby entity that I am partnered with, supported by, um, is listed in the, in, the, in the video description below. So it's already there. Uh, you can see it all there every, and it's always at the time of the episode. So um, you just go scroll down uh, bargain boxer. I'm, I don't hide anything. You'll see exactly who is a sponsor of the show. I have, I have show sponsors. So actually we're going to, we're going to give Veriswap some love right now on the ticker. Uh, make sure you check out Veriswap. Uh, and of course, um, center stage app, everybody, please. They do support this show which I'm very grateful for. Uh, and Center Stage has been a supporter for over a year now, Veriswap for about four or five months. So those guys are both um, sponsors of this show along with, with Just Collect and Leighton Sheldon. And uh, and then the, the auction coverage shows that I do. Uh, so PW, and I'll tell you because uh, Bargain Boxer is asking, but um, so PWCC, uh, MC Sports Cards, a new a new partnership I just entered into, LCG Auctions, and they're, they're non- 
uh, sport, non-sports card auctions, which I love, Star Wars and like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and uh, pop culture. It's really, really awesome stuff. Um, and there's a couple more that I'm going to be uh, entering into here, uh, more auction coverage shows. So I will be on, it's not a payroll though, uh, Bargain Boxer, When unless you're an employee, you're not, a, I'm not on anybody's uh, payroll. Uh, it's it's a contractor role, I guess you could say. These are, these are not... Um, but I, I guess for all intents and purposes, it's the same thing that you're asking about. But again, just scroll down and you'll see exactly who uh, who is supporting this channel and who I'm working with. Uh, Stukes has the 5556 Parker's Rexling Bronco Nagurski. Yeah, I've seen that card before. Double D. Yeah, I talked about that. Thank you very much. Nova, thank you for the uh, the super sticker. Really appreciate that. Carlos jumps back and says, Worshipping is the proper is the proper word. The Super Bowl half game show is black worshipping. Who owned the cotton fields and brought the black slave caravans? I don't I don't even know where you're going with that, Carlos. Um, uh, Carlos, I'm gonna tell you I have seen you uh, ask questions elsewhere about other uh, other minorities. I guess you could say other targets of racism, and um, uh, I don't know if I want you in my chat anymore, actually, Carlos. I don't know that you're the kind of person I want to associate with uh, now that I'm seeing it come out twice on two different, uh, often targeted uh, racial targets. So um, just stop talking about that crap, man. At least I don't do what you're going to do with uh, but in my chat, please. Uh, Latrell Sprewell says, you can do both, agree with you, but cards take up less space. Definitely. Jeff's card journey, not a huge hockey collector, but can you tell me what upper deck series Connor Bedard will be in? He'll be in all the upper deck series, uh, Jeff's card journey, but his young guns, which may be what you're asking about, I believe is coming out in series two. So upper deck flagship, like series one, series two will be in the series two, which will probably come out in like April, March, April of next year. But you will have other Connor Bedard cards in upper deck products that will come out before that. Just other brands, other brands. It's okay though. This is Jewish manufactured way. You will call me a racist, not racist. I don't even understand what you're talking about, Carlos. Why are you bringing this in? Why are you even bringing this in? Why am I even clicking on your stuff? Why am I even clicking off? Okay. Uh, tip of the mitt says, will I be? Yes, I will be with, I will be at the tag grading booth at the national uh, for most of the time, I'm going to be walking the floor as well, but I will definitely be at the at the tag grading booth, uh, Jim and everybody else. Please come by and see me. Happy to uh, just, I want to meet everybody. So please come by and say hello. And, uh, you know, that'd be great. I, I'm looking forward to it. Carlos, I, it's not that I don't like you. I just don't know that I understand you. And I'm not really like, listen, all I'm seeing are words on a screen. I don't have the full context or under really understand you. But I'm questioning. I'm questioning right now. I'll put it that way. But I'm pretty open-minded, so uh, I just need to understand more about what, what what your motives are in talking about this stuff on a sports card channel. Cards AH, am I strictly singles, or do you enjoy opening wax of any specific product? Um, listen, who doesn't enjoy opening wax? Do I open wax? Not really. Not really. I will do... I will do the odd box here or there. Um, I mean, when when Skybox Metal Universe Hockey came out 2020, I bought a case, a case and a half, actually, because I was so excited about the product. I'm gonna, I'm gonna indulge myself, but as a habit, regularly, I do not open uh, an open product. Uh, 
I just learned a long time ago that I'm my money is better spent for my collecting needs uh, going after the singles that I want. But I certainly love that people open product because that's how those cards uh, make their way into the into the ecosystem. So definitely love that. Fraser Mulholland, uh, I think, is confirming that Connor Bedard's Young Gun will be out in Series 2. Jay asks, what am I looking forward to most about attending the National Funsies, Cards, Business, or All? I mean, all of it, really. Like, I'm looking every National. Someone said in a recent, I don't know where it was, I saw someone saying that one of the coolest things about leading up to the National is that if you go with some money to spend, whatever that might be, you may not know what you're going to leave with. So I'm excited to find out what I'm going to buy at the national. Cause I don't really know. I don't, I just don't know what I'm going to see that I'm going to have to have, but I'm going to be taking some uh, resources with me, whether it's cash or cards, a bit of both. And um, I am excited to find out what I'm going to leave with the people. Of course. I mean, it's, it's all about the people. Uh, it's about the cards too, but I'm looking forward to the people. Looking forward to seeing you Jay and everyone else who's going to be there that it wants to, if you, if you want to, uh, if you have any interest in meeting me, I have more interest in meeting you. So please come say hello. Uh, whether you like me or don't, I don't care. I still want to meet you. Um, but hopefully you, hopefully you don't dislike me and, uh, and we can say hello and just enjoy. Listen, I love, I love a room full of like-minded people and we are a diverse hobby. Uh, we come from, we come from all different backgrounds and places and interests and, and, uh, you know, even like, religions and politics and genders and everything but we all have cardboard in common if you drill down we all have cardboard in common if you're at that show and um i'd rather look past all the differences and just focus on find something in common with 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 all of you and focus on that and build relationships that way so Carlos B. Good says, nice knows Jeremy, by the way. I Yeah, now I really know uh, what you are, Carlos. And yes, you are now permanently banned from my channel. Let's just get that effective. Yeah, you are no longer welcome here, Carlos. And uh, it was good because you were actually quite a good contributor for a while, but you are definitely uh, racist and anti-Semitic. So you are no longer welcome here. But let's get back to the good stuff. He's gone and he can't come back. Um, Dan Chase says he was blocked by me after the first. Yeah, I, I should. I, I I just wanted to make sure. I just wanted to make sure. Uh, Mark Santucci, who's your top five or ten favorite hockey players from the 70s? Guy Lafleur, Mike Bossy, uh, Trottier, Larry, Ro Larry Robinson, Denny Potvan. I think that's five. Uh, I, yo, Gilbert Perot was awesome. Bobby Clark, Daryl Sittler, all, all of them, all of them, Mark, all of them. Uh, Jim says, oh, any favorite modern in modern-ish hockey, early nineties. I mean, I, I'm not good at just recalling all these insert names all the time and all that, uh, Jim, but I do like, I, I do like my, my nineties hockey, uh, no, that's from 08. Uh, you know, hockey inserts got really good in about 08 with the with the Ultra EX brand. And then in 2012, they really started to take off. So I, I do like some 90s hockey, but to be honest, I prefer 08, 9, 
and then it's like 10 and 11 you can skip 08 09 and then it's 12 13 14 15 16 um that's my those are my sweet spots and i've got uh basically two stacks of them here these are these are tag slabs of that kind of stuff and then two stacks of them here these are like psa and bgs cards uh that uh that i just love willie t thank you so much is this a junk slab era i think so i think it's a and it's funny because this does tie into a, a past reel i put out on instagram a couple of them um I think we are in what will be looked back as somewhat of a junk slab era. Uh, and that doesn't mean that all slabs are junk. I don't mean that at all. I just think that there are a lot of cards that people graded not to collect for themselves that ended up not being worth the price of grading. I think that I think that that's how I feel about it. And I think there's millions of those cards out there. And I think that those will be remembered and those do kind of will will be one of the things in this hobby that might represent uh, this like pandemic era, if you will. Nova says Carlos is weird. Baseball is baseball. <laughs> okay, uh, CC. Like many, you appear to be a singles collector. Was there a time in your hobby life you obtained most of your cards from ripping packs? I mean, in the eighties, in the eighties, I did. <laughs> like everybody, that was the only. Well, that wasn't the only way. But I did CC back in the 80s. But since then, no. There's never been a time since the 80s where I obtained most of my cards through ripping packs. As soon as the internet became a thing and eBay became like the marketplace that it continues to be. Um, and, and then with the advent of social media and message boards even. And like, you know, the Beckett boards. I was very active in like 02, 03, 04 until they went down. 05, I think even. Um I was a singles, I called myself a sharpshooter. I was picking out what I wanted and buying that instead of buying these blind boxes and not knowing what I was going to get. Now, again, it, I don't ever want, I, I'm. <laughs> people love opening wax and I love that people love doing that because that's how these cards can get to me. Thanks for the question, CC. Mr. SQRL, I have not great, I have not added any graded Sports Illustrated magazines to my collection. I came really close at the expo, the sports card expo last time, there was a guy there that had well, a couple of guys there, they're set up together, had like a whole wall of uh, graded magazines. And I was really close, but I just didn't see the right magazine at the right price for me. But there were a couple that I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. But I have not yet. And, um, it, you know, it can be a slippery slope, right? You got to be careful. But I could see myself picking up, you know, maybe when I go into a new collectible genre like that, and I say when as if I've done this a, a ton of times, but if and when I go into graded magazines like Sports Illustrated, I'm going to set a goal of like, okay, 10, and I'm like, done. Take a break, see how I feel, give it six months, and then see if I want to go for more. Chad Shipper just got my e just got emailed. My first tag submission is on its way. Looking forward to it. Chad, thank you for giving tag a chance. I'm, I'm, confident you're going to uh you're going to really enjoy your your slab cards and uh of course consistent transparent reproducible grading indie shack jeremy awesome channel what's the coolest card you've ever seen oh man the coolest card i, I mean i've seen i've held i once held two t206 wagners in my hands at one time 
I think that was the 2013 Cleveland national. I forget whose booth it was that had two and I held them both in my hands. I'm going to go with those ones Indy shack, but I've held lots of cool cards. Uh, yeah. I don't think I've ever held a 1915 Cracker Jack, and I sure would love to. Double D, thank you so much for stopping by. Decoy Card says, with how much product is guaranteed to be bought by large breakers, do you think the damaged QC issue replacement policy could be ignored by upper deck? Usually you need proof of proof of... I don't know, Decoy. Like, I don't... I don't really take part in breaks. So I am not, um, I am not in a position where I could ever be impacted by these things. And listen, not that I'm like trying to pass the buck and say it's not important. It is, but I feel like there are, are better content creators uh, that you could ask or friends you may have or other people, Instagram accounts, whatever, who could give you a better answer on that. Um, if you would have asked me this question when I had the president of Upper Deck on the show about three weeks ago, Jason Mashera, uh, we would have definitely looked at it then and gotten the uh, the answer straight from the president of Upper Deck. But I'm sorry you didn't ask that at the time, and I just don't really know the answer. Nova coming to his few, first national. Can't wait. Make sure you say hi to me. Come by the tag booth. I'll be there. Nova, please say come say hi and introduce yourself. I'd greatly appreciate that. Stuke says, Bobby Hull is my favorite from the 70s. Go Jets. Yeah, I mean, he was actually my favorite. And when I was going to WHA games in the 70s, as a really young kid, Bobby Hall was everything. I mean, he was he was the man. And I lived in Winnipeg where he played. Uh, he was the first million-dollar hockey player, and he signed that, that contract with the Winnipeg Jets of the WHA. And I used to go to those games as a real young kid. So, yeah, I hear you on that, Stukes. Thanks for the nostalgia on that right there. Dan Chase says it is either a junk slab or a junk parallel era. Uh, yeah, yeah. Listen, it doesn't have to be or though, Dan. Can't we look back at this? I mean, it's convenient for from a convenience standpoint. It's nice to have one thing to call it, but I hope we can look back, you know, 10 years from now on this. Uh, I'm referring to it as the pandemic era just because it's, you know, that's when it really maybe it's from 2019 to current. Uh, and once Fanatics really takes over, maybe we'll have a new era. But this era we're in right now, 10 years from now, we look back at it. Yeah, junk slab. Um, is it junk parallel or is it just the parallel era? It, the proliferation of parallels. Decoy cards. Follow up is, do you know anyone who's gotten a replacement for a card they won in a break? Feels like a, a, a no, I don't really follow Listen, I'm on on taking stock on Tuesday with Dennis Zender. We are going to be talking about group breaking, and I'm going to be relying on him and the the chat for more facts. Because again, I do I am not an expert in group breaks. I understand it. I mean, I've seen them since they first when since they very first happened. I remember the original people doing them, and I think it's I think it's a really neat thing. And the card companies have gone as far as like customizing products to serve that sales channel. And I think that that's just them adapting and, and you know, like just servicing the, 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 the hobby, the way that it's wanting to be served. I do think group breaks, the benefit to me of group breaks, one of the benefits is that in a pick your team format, you just, listen, you buy a box of cards, you're getting all 30 teams or however many teams in your league. You can just buy the one team you want and hope you get something and spend a lot less money 
And you're not having to now worry about all the other cards that you now either have to trade away, give away, sell, whatever it is. Um, so, but as for your specific questions on replacements, decoy, I'm just not your guy on those. Sorry about that. Stuke's favorite NHL player was Tony O, Tony Esposito. Daniel asks, do I think there are just too many rookie cards of one player now? It's so hard to keep up. Mm, great question. Uh, yeah, I think, not that I think there's too many. I, I, I think that there's many that are just out of favor, you know? And if they could, if the card companies could find a way to, like, here's the thing, you know, most industries have different products that serve different price points, vehicles, clothing, restaurant, food, the hobby, Right. There's different products that a manufacturer will put out to service a different economic status uh, of people. And in the hobby, we see that. You got packs from like, what, two, three bucks all the way up to thousands and thousands of dollars. And I think, and maybe this is, you know, earlier on, I think Bobby asked a question, Burrell, about, you know, what's the one big thing fanatics could do? Maybe it's getting a better understand and i don't even know maybe the the understanding is there so i'm kind of thinking as i talk here but maybe getting a better understanding of the different collector not collector hobbyist profiles to properly service each profile now they need to define they need to identify define these profiles not leave anybody out or as few people and hobbyists as possible and come up with products that are going to service each of those different hobbyist profiles and if you do that, then maybe some, then you go into each profile and you say, okay, well, we've got these eight products. Maybe it should, it should, it used to be one. Now it's maybe eight or more products that are servicing that one profile. And within each product, you've got several cards, inserts, parallels. You know, as long as none of those rookie cards suck to that profile, then I think, I think they'd be better off. But will that ever happen? Probably not. There's too many different opinions and, and tastes out there. So um, but to keep it simple, Daniel, are there too many rookie cards of one player now? Listen, these companies would not be producing the product if it wasn't selling year after year. It's selling. It, I, I think I may, maybe, it, listen, I'm not, I don't have an LCS. I don't buy product from any card manufacturer, but I wouldn't think that they would keep putting out these products if they weren't selling. So I don't know. That's kind of where, where I ended that with, with that comment right there. Cards AH, when we talk about junk slabs, is this the is this the three years or so of mass submissions during COVID, COVID or is it still happening now? I think it's mostly that three years because it wasn't just the three years. It was also the backlog that then took another whatever year to leak out. So it's more like, say, four years, you know, like 19, 20, 21, 20. Yeah, about four years, I, I, I would say uh, myself, Cards AH. Triple V, not a question. Just appreciate what you do for collectors and hobbyists by delving into all the minutiae, minutia about cards from all eras. Discussions make this hobby so unique and fun to partake in. Thank you, Triple V, for that, for that comment. Really appreciate it. Dexflow says, Jeremy, have you noticed that the new label PSA go for more than old labels of the same card? Oh, of course I've noticed that, Dexflow. That, and that's just because... I think there's two reasons. One, the new label is nicer. It has more security features, but also a lot of people in the hobby believe that the standards, grading standards have changed. 
and and I've noticed it myself, but I think it's, I don't think that the grading standards have changed. I think the adherence to the standards have changed. And I think that still goes in cycles. I think it goes in cycles. And I think there's many things that uh, that impact that. Appreciate that, Cards AH, very much. I don't speak Spanish, uh, Vanessa Walsh, so I can't understand your comment, but welcome to the channel. Uh, M. Monty, I'd like to hear your take on 89 Upper Deck Rookie versus 86 Flair MJ in regard to their place on Mount Rushmore as hobby icons. I have Griffey ahead of MJ because it was a game changer in 89 and MJ not. Well, well, M. Monty, first of all, I agree. The 89 Upper Deck Griffey symbolizes upper deck to me that it's their number one card. It's the outside of some promo cards. It's their number one, their first card that ever came off the line in, in their very first product. So I think it's like a hugely iconic and important card, but for MJ, I mean, there were outside of star, which wasn't a national, you know, star was what it was. We're not going to into that. You know, there were no basketball products outside of Star after, what, 1981. So Fleer came out with this set that had, you know, what, 20? I don't know the number. So someone will know. But lots of Hall of Fame rookies, lots of superstars in that set with their first mainstream card uh, and the stickers to go along with it. Like that 86, that 86 Fleer set is a very important set. And Hobby, the hobby loves it. I don't really see that ever changing. Now, things change. I say that all the time, but some things, some some things are just like the first thing, you know. So I think that that's. Um, I think that. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I I personally believe that. And listen, they're both they're both produced in like what the millions. So there's no scarce or rarity. Uh, at, there's no scarce or rare aspect to either of those cards. They're 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 basically both junk wax. They're both very affordable. If you want to find them at the grade you can afford, like even the you know buy a low grade MJ rookie if you want. Um, I have trouble saying that the Griffey is a more iconic card than the Michael Jordan. I just do. I think Michael Jordan is a much larger than much larger overall. Uh, athlete in history as well. Uh, hope that answers your question, M. Monty. David G., what was the last vintage hockey card I purchased or traded for? Oh, it's been so long. I don't know. I'm not even sure, but someone earlier asked a question about vintage football. I don't think I got to that comment, but I my most recent vintage card, I believe, is this one right here. My 1950 Bowman Otto Graham. You know, vintage card lovers who love a card that is like amazing for the grade would love this. This is a PSA three and a half. Looks like a seven. Can't find anything wrong with it. Bought it at the Toronto Expo. The seller was so disappointed with the grade. Thought it was going to come back a seven. Came back at three and a half. Sold it to me for the high end three and a half price. I was more than happy to happy to pay it. And I just think it's a beautiful piece of art and I love it. And I'd rather have this than a game worn jersey. Just to tie in an earlier comment foul five ball also called jeremy says jeremy lee is a great meat i'm a great meat at a card joe thank you he is super tall so don't be intimidated by his height you can't miss him so please say hello to me at a at a card at the at the national everybody hello name indigenous rookie cards great to see you hola vanessa walsh decoy says thanks for answering anyways easy one how would you feel about all-time future watch auto patch car Ooh, decoy cards i mean i would i would really like those I would really like those. 
and I, I think, I think that they're probably coming. I think that would be the, 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 the logical next step for Upper Deck in the SP Authentic uh, line, or, or the next time they put out an all-time uh, signature edition type of product. So, yeah, really like, really like that idea, Decoy. What do you think, Decoy? How do you like that? Yeah, you like it. I can see in that, that emoticon right there. Jim says, my buddy that's opening a shop here in town. And I will be at the National the last two days. Yeah, come say hello for sure. I'll be there the whole time, like Tuesday night through Sunday night. So definitely come say hello. Dan Chase, when is tag grading the 90s? Uh, by the end of the year, Dan, tag, I've been informed that tag will be taking back to 1989 by the end of this year. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm so hyped for that. CC, my thoughts on Gretzky 79 Opeachy Tops versus Sportscaster. Yeah, I have no interest in the Sportscaster, CC, like zero. Don't like the looks of it. Don't like the size of it. Never owned one. Don't think I ever will. Um, it's not even close to me. That said, people do like the Sportscaster. That's just, that's fine. You know, I love Indian and Mexican food. My wife doesn't, doesn't like, doesn't like to eat it. It's fine. She doesn't have to. Same sort of thing. Foul five ball before tag the junk slab era. <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll see. Uh, Ryan Roddy, do I collect any game worn jerseys? I have two pieces of game worn memorabilia. I have some sticks too, but they're literally stuck away in my furnace room, never seeing the light of day. It's like I don't know why why I keep them, but I have them. Um, but two, I have two game worn jerseys. This one right here, Tepo Newmanen. Game worn Jets, Winnipeg Jets 1.0 that I bought from a dealer out of Winnipeg at a Toronto Expo, and I wore it for 30 expos, probably. And the other piece is this right here. These are game worn Timu Solani gloves from his days in Winnipeg, and um bought them out of a guy from a guy in Winnipeg and uh love those. But that's it. That's all I have for game worn memorabilia. This is this was a gift, a gift, uh, an autograph, Timo Solani, Anaheim. Solani's my favorite all-time professional athlete, and that was a gift uh, from a friend of mine. Stukes, what booth will have the best vintage hockey at the National? I don't know, but ask me when you see me there, and I should know by then, because I'll have walked the room. Cards AH, we have so many more products, parallels, and rookies, but we don't have to look, but we don't have to look at as an as a negative more so just the evolution of the hobby i mean yeah like listen collect what you like it's i know it's like cliche but it's it's a true thing like here's here's an option for some of you you can collect and buy only the things you like and not worry about everything else like that is an option that is an approach to the hobby and life that is available to you as a person walking this earth you can do what you want to do, like follow the content you want to follow, collect the cards, collect the other things you want to collect and not worry about what everybody else is doing. You can do that. That is an option. Consider it. Consider it. Cards AH, maybe a crazy question. How much do you follow the current NHL? Do you have a team? Yeah, I, I do follow the current NHL. My team is the Calgary Flames. It's where I live. Um, although I'm, I'm really not happy with the state of the team right now. And, uh, so sometimes what I'll do is I'll pick a favorite team. Not like that. I'm not like they're my favorite from a emotional or nostalgic basis, but more like I like the team. And if I could swap and make that the Calgary flames, I would. And right now that team for me is the Dallas stars. 
I really like the Dallas Stars, but I also really like what the Ottawa Senators are doing. Um, and listen to this. So Chicago goes and gets the first the bet the first pick overall generational player most likely in Connor Bedard. And then I thought to myself, well, they're gonna have to build around him. And they've done that. They got they went and got Taylor Hall, who was almost as hyped as Connor Bedard was in his rookie year. Not quite, but almost. Uh, they picked up Corey Perry. He's a bit of a journeyman now, but he still isn't an effective player. Uh, another player recently I can't think of right now, but recently as of like today or yesterday, because free agency opened today. But um, yeah, that, that's it for that one, Cards AH. Hello, Card Guy 72 Welcome to the show. CC says the 89 Griffey was iconic from day one. The 86 Jordan became iconic many years later. Both cards agree. Yeah, I agree with that. that that's how I remember it as well. Card guy, with you being a big Star Wars fan, do you collect any of the vintage Star Wars cards? Um, I only have one. I have the C3PO, uh, that error card with the uh, with that extra bit of metal coming out from his uh, midsection, if you will. That's the only one I have. Right now, though, my four-year-old son is obsessed with Star Wars. He, It's just that I, I had that box of, old, of figures that I had from the 90s, and uh, I had probably, I don't know, 50 or 60 figures. I had them open from probably the early 2000s. I used to display them in a display in my living room and um, they weren't worth anything. I had a few closed up ones. And when I was doing my first show with LCG auctions, the, 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 the auction house that does pop culture, mostly action figures, but other collectibles as well. Um, I showed, I showed Mark, the, the, the founder, I said, are these worth anything? He's like, well, no, those aren't worth anything. So Funny enough, I left them on the table here. The next morning, my little boy runs up into my room holding my 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 Greedo, which was on on one of these 1999 Kenner cards, and he like ruined it. And I just opened them, opened it up, and you know, and I made you know it wasn't worth anything, so I wasn't bent about it. But now my kid loves to, every day, Daddy. Who's your favorite Star Wars character? Who's your favorite good guy? Who's your favorite bad guy? Is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? Like he's and then we've done some Lego. So yeah, we're right into Star Wars in this house right now. David French says, show me some more, show us more recent pickups. I can do that. I can do that, David French. We got, let me get, if you guys stop leaving comments for a few minutes, I will get to the bottom and then I will show you some more cards. Colin Murray says, the 86 Flair took years for it to become popular. They couldn't give this stuff away. 89 Upper Deck was instant. Yeah. And that's, these are both, these are great comments. For what was then but we are now we are now in 2023 we are like 40 years 40 almost 40 years since the jordan since the the jordan came out and so what was what happened then is is great makes sense but it's different now it's just different now and uh it's almost like what was then doesn't matter as much anymore i would say uh yeah, I just got to get rid of this guy because he's spamming us. Uh, not hobby related at all. Decoy says, I would love it, but my wallet isn't up to it. Isn't that the case? Beavis Cards, good evening to you. Saw your post about shill bidding. What's one thing you would like eBay to do to help eliminate this problem? So thanks, Beavis. And uh, we talked about this on Taking Stock one or two episodes ago, me and uh, Dennis Zender. That's where that clip came from was that episode. That was just a clip from an episode. And here's the thing. Okay, first of all, showing feedback again and showing who bought the card. 
you know, I don't always want everyone knowing what I'm buying in, especially like as a content creator, people tend to, you know, sling at you. They just love to pick at you and find something to, to accuse you of, even though there's honestly often nothing there, but that would be good showing maybe that, maybe that. And then as a collector, a content creator, who's a collector or a collector, who's a content creator, I would probably just have to suck it up and say, this is what's best for the greater hobby. Um, I think eBay's explained it as it's just, there's, it's a privacy issue, people knowing, but you know, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe that be this, you, the problem is, and your quest, the flaw in your question, nothing at you, Beavis, but you can't eliminate it. It's uneliminatable. <laughs> it's impossible, I believe, to eliminate shill bidding. And that's why, in, in, and in my reel today that I put up on Instagram, it's like you just have, you just have to kind of understand it's there and bid what you're comfortable paying. And the reason I say it's impossible is because if you are bidding on your own auction, it's easy for eBay to spot that, right? By IP addresses and stuff like that. But if you are having someone else bid on your auction, how like who's two states away or or or, or across the other side of the world, uh, and you have an alliance with somebody? I mean, I, I'm guessing there are alliances out there in this hobby of people who do this for each other. And those like alliances are weak. If you watch Survivor, alliances are weak, right? One of those people gets mad at someone else, could expose the whole thing, and then you'll have a whole bunch of new people showing up on various uh, YouTube shows at, and being uh, being called out for, for doing that. But it's impossible to eliminate it, Beavis. Um, I think the best thing you can do is mitigate your risk of being, uh, being uh, a victim of shill bidding and just be careful. Be careful. Uh, know, know when it comes to a, a liquid card, know your know your comps, know, know your value on a very often transacted card, one with a lot of like velocity in it. But if it's a rare card, only bid what you're comfortable paying. Yeah, sorry, I can't do any better than that. I just, I can't think of a solution to it myself. Mark Santucci, which hockey card company do you like better? Opeachy or Upper Deck? Uh, they are one and the same card company, uh, Mark. Uh, Upper Deck owns Opeachy. But uh, listen, I like both. I, I I can't even pick one or the other. I just can't. I love I love Opeachy. I love Tops, and I love Upper Deck. I mean, Upper Deck makes beautiful, beautiful cars. I think hockey. I think we're the, as hockey like hockey collectors. I think are the luckiest because I think Upper Deck makes the best quality cards, like aesthetics, design, look and feel. Holding them in your cars, they're just. I think that they're the most well made, in my opinion. Thank you, Nova. Appreciate that. LA collection, just buy what you like, especially if it's for you. If you're doing it for the money only, then buy what others are buying. Better to just buy it for you and not worry about anyone else. So yeah, because then the other thing, that's a great comment, LA collection, because if you're buying what other people like, uh, that could change. So listen, unless you're only buying Gretzky, Jordan, and uh, Tom Brady, uh, you know, even, even like, unless you're only buying them, um, you, you're, you might be in trouble. If you're not buying what you also like, there's more players, of course. Uh, my thoughts on Wyatt Johnston in Dallas. Yeah, not my favorite young guy in Dallas, but I think he's got potential. I wouldn't be gambling on him personally, but I could be proven wrong. Maybe he, maybe he's a good gamble right now. Maybe he's a good gamble right now. What is your favorite NBA 
player. Ah, Freddie Van Vliet, who everyone is crapping on right now. Freddie Van Vliet is awesome. I love Freddie Van Vliet. I'll just leave it right there. I'll leave it right there. <laughs> Dave Kaplan, how excited is Johnny Gaudreau to be playing for Mike Babcock? I don't know, Dave. That's I, I didn't even think about that until you mentioned it. That's pretty funny, though. We'll see. Johnny Gaudreau is his best in contract years. He doesn't have one coming for a while. So uh, he's, I, 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 yeah, I'll leave it at that for Johnny Gaudreau. Uh, Power of the Force, Jake Dahl talking about action figures. C3PO with an extra bit of metal. Care to elaborate? Will S says yes. Yes. No, I don't. You look that up, Will. I don't care to elaborate right now. <laughs> uh, Barry Wood. Holy crap, that's a big honker. I think he's talking about my nose. Yeah, I've got like a, it's kind of like a ball on the end of my nose, sort of. Um, I, I just, it's the way I, it's, 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 yeah, you want to go all ad hominem on me? Do it, do it. Uh, makes you look a lot worse than it does me. CC, great shows, but we need a show from you dedicated to showing off your PC. Would be epic for us to see your collection. I would like, I would enjoy doing that myself, CC. It would take a while. Uh, Got a, got a lot of cards in my collection. David Kaplan says, do you have a Star 101, Jordan? If not, do you want one? I do not. Do I want one? I wanted one about a year ago. I really wanted one a year ago to pair with my FLIR. I feel right now, though, and I was caught up in the hype. You know, PSA started grading them, and I thought, well, you know, it's... And what, what I love about the Star 101 is that... It's like the only card where he's in a defensive position, grabbing a rebound. I think that's really cool. I do like the card. I do like the card. Um, but it's not like going into this national uh, three weeks from now. It's it's not a card that I'm going there thinking I might pick up. I am. I would rather be picking up these, some of these second-year baseball cards. That's kind of where my, my heart... But listen, I give myself permission to change my 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 mind on these things like right now that's what i want but you know three weeks from now i might be more focused on something else we'll see i allow myself to not be kind of uh you know just trapped into one thing i don't want to paint myself into a corner i want to be uh nimble and able to buy a card that might just strike me like these these gallery of heroes i didn't really know about them before i was at the local card show here uh, our local monthly, and I saw a Ray Allen. He had the Ray Allen, and I believe he also had the Peyton Manning sitting on his table, like 30, 40 bucks each. I'm like, those are awesome. Those are beautiful. I held it up to the light. The light shines through them. I mean, I was like, I think I'm going to buy them. So I bought them off the guy. Then I go and I look for more. And, uh, you know, again, I just, I, I, I am prone to finding something new in this hobby that I like and will collect. That's been my life story, my hobby story over 40 years in this hobby. And I still find new things to collect. Dave Kaplan regarding shill bidding. I could not sell Alexi Lafreniere's rookie card. Last time I tried the shills kept winning it and then not paying. Yeah, that's, uh, that's too bad. That that's too bad that, that shill bidding is rampant, but it is Kevin K. What about automatic charge if on eBay offers and win bids, your card gets charged immediately? I love that, actually. I love that idea. Um, I love that idea, Kevin, because not only then is the shill bidder forced to pay, 
Although you could probably make a claim against your credit card, but we'll see how that goes. I don't know. But you, you, the shill bidder is forced to pay and pay the fees on selling their card. So they're even they're more behind. I love that. I, I, I like that idea a lot. I haven't thought it through. There could be drawbacks, but in concept, I like that idea, Kevin. Jake's Toast says, Mike Babcock coached our WHL team, Spokane Chiefs, for six seasons. Yeah, I mean, he's been around Mike Babcock for sure. Eli, good to see you, buddy. All is very well. Thank you. And I hope the same to you and uh, your loved ones and your business and everything. Eli, good to see you, man. Happy Canada Day to you. Happy Fourth of July weekend to everybody. Candidate everybody as well. LA Collection, people, make sure to hit thumbs up to thank Jeremy for his time. Hey, thank you guys. I appreciate that LA Collection. Uh, great meeting you in Burbank show. But uh, I thank you guys for your time. We've been over 100 in here for a while. I thank you for your time um, joining me and listening to me ramble for sure. And I listen, I do my best here, right? Like I, everything I say isn't going to be right, but I, I, I just try to tell you what I think. Professor, uh, no, no real surprises for me, but I'm also not somebody who follows junior hockey uh, and scouting reports close enough to know. I watched part of the NHL draft, but uh, maybe the biggest thing that surprised me was that there was no there was no blockbuster trade during the first round, which we always get. So that's that always adds excitement, that element uh, layer of excitement to the NHL draft. Uh, Kerry Price, if you guys know Kerry Price, the eventual Hall of Fame goaltender for the Montreal Canadiens, was asked to announce the draft pick, the Montreal draft pick, and he got up there, and the poor guy felt so bad for him. He said, and with that, the Montreal Canadiens select David. And he turned, he forgot the player's last name. <clears throat> he was so embarrassed. He apologized on Twitter. I felt terrible for Kerry Price. He just, he just blanked. He blanked. Oh, it was, it was, it was, it was sad. It was sad. So that, there was that, there was that. Look that up if you want to watch it, but poor guy. Facebook user says the star cards remind me of the sportcaster. Well, there are oversized star cards as well. Um, I don't know if that's what you're talking about, but those do agree. Uh, those do exist as well. Jay asks, will tag ever grade or authenticated or authenticate, sorry, custom art cards? Jay, I do believe tag will authenticate custom art cards. I'm almost certain of that because I've been involved in some discussions, uh, you know, with some artists and with tag. Uh, as far as grading, I'm not sure about that. But authenticating, I'm like 99% certain the answer is yes. Jonathan Allen says eBay offers automatic payment, but they warn that it will affect your sales. Yeah, but good. Like, I don't say, yeah, it'll affect your sales. But if everybody did it, maybe we'd we'd find a, we'd find a, a new way in the hobby. Jake's Toast has been listening to this in the background while ripping a box of 22 Stadium Club Chrome. No big hit. Good luck with your breaking, Jake's Toast. Always wish everybody good luck with their breaks. Rajinaldo says, it's a tough market out there for millennials to buy their first home. What advice do you have? Listen, I mean, here's the thing about buying a home. If you don't know or don't believe that the, uh, that the value appreciation of your home is going to go up, a lot like in the next little bit like five ten five or ten years way out here's what you got to you got to compare 
mortgage in, not mortgage payment. You got a mortgage interest, carve out the interest portion of your mortgage payment, property tax, any like condo fees you may have to pay, strata fees, and anything else that your landlord would pay and compare that, the total of those expenses with renting. Renting could be a much better option for a lot of people. That's That would be my advice, Rajinaldo. Yeah, poor Carrie, right name? I mean, that was that was tough to watch. Hobby Champ says immediate payment after auctions won't work because it would immensely lessen bidding overall. Future money creates bids. Bidding isn't buying, which creates more. Yeah, I, I think it's for the winner. Is it? I think the what I was excited about earlier a few minutes ago was the buyer is automatically like the winner is automatically charged. That's what I think makes sense. I do think that eBay has rolled out some some of this automatic payment on like best off or sorry, buy it now. Cause I hit a buy it now recently and I was forced to pay right away. I don't know if this seller uh, implemented that requirement or that was a, a, across the board by eBay. I'm not even sure, but they do have that functionality at least. Professor says, what does the hobby think about the collectability of Connor Bedard junior hockey cards? I don't know what the hobby thinks professor, but um, be careful. As soon as those NHL cards come out, those junior cards become a thought of the past. Um, that's where I'm at on it. Will S says, Neo brought up that automatic CC charge for eBay to deter shilling a year ago makes too much sense. I like it. I like it. Eli says, top priority this year's national. Would love to attend, but my work schedule probably won't allow it. For me, find some cards I'm not expecting to find. Meet more people. Make more friendships. Build relationships. I'm going to be there representing tag. I'll be at the tag booth quite a bit. I'll be walking the floor here and there and just enjoy from wake to sleep because it's such a fun week and there's lots to do throughout the day and the night. And I, I just can't wait. What's up, Alex? Good to see you, buddy. Aries Nunez says, I bought a house, but now I have no money for cards. Don't do it. <laughs> there you go. House poor, card poor. Jay Skolnick says, I'll get my card killer Brady card would look awesome in that see-through case. Yeah, definitely, Jay. Got a, yeah, Jake's toe call. Also think about home mate, paying for maintenance. Paying maintenance. I mean, I've had some of those heavy bills uh, for me in the past couple of years. So always, always factor in a monthly amount for, for maintenance fees because you can get slapped with a $10,000 bill one year. And if you spread that out over 12 months, you know, now you're what? You're 800 bucks, uh, 800 bucks a month on top of your your property tax, your mortgage interest, your, your whatever other fees you might have to pay. So consider it. Dave Kaplan, this thought, thoughts on this year's OPG Platinum uh, regarding Carrie Price. You had one job. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I haven't seen much of this year's Platinum, Dave. I'm, um, I'm going to let it kind of uh, let it simmer a little bit before I, I jump in and pick up some cards. The professor says Neo showed an example of how they felt they were shill bid. Two bidders with zero feedback on their eBay profile bid. Yeah, that's a very common uh, uh, way of looking at identify, but it's not foolproof. It's not foolproof. There are new buyers on eBay all the time. Uh, Ryan Roddy, what is one card you'd like to own that you've never had before? There's a couple, Ryan. There's a couple. So I've never. I've never owned a T206 Ty Cobb and I've never owned a 1933 uh, Lou Gehrig. Those are the top of my want list right now for vintage. Um, but something else just really recently, you know, 
I get inspired a lot by other collectors and my friend Maddie C on Instagram recently showed off his Joe Jackson uh, 1915 Cracker Jack. My God, would I love to own one of those? So I'm adding that to my list of cards I'll probably never own, but boy, would I love to have one of those for sure. For sure. Yankees fans says, what about building a house of cards? Well, that's the thing. At the end of the day, with all of our cards, guys, you can't eat them. You can't live in them. You can't wear them for warmth. Uh, they do not serve any of our basic needs as human beings walking this earth. They are purely a luxury good. That's all they are. They have no inherent value, none whatsoever. Uh, their inherent value isn't inherent value. It's nostalgic value. And I think there is value there because we are a society that that likes to have something to root for and cheer for and watch and take part in and feel like we're a part of it. So, you know, what, what whether that's, you know, fault, that's why the real housewives of all of, of every state and city uh, is so often what I've heard about this Vanderpump rules, like what, but yeah, listen, I, I say what for myself, but people like it. So yeah. There we go. Daniel Daniel says, oh, sorry, up here, Shoeless Joe should be in the Hall of Fame. Say it ain't so. Jake Dahl says, you could eat them, but you'd ruin them and get sick. Uh, it's a lose-lose. Uh, definitely, definitely is. Definitely is. Isabella wants to know, how old are you? Don't feel pressure to answer if you don't want to. Um, yeah, thanks, Isabella. Welcome to the show. Jay says, collect the rents. More fun than collecting cards. There's uh, something to be said for being the rent collector as well, for sure. Professor says, is there a reason for why you prefer one background color of a Lou Gehrig or Babe Ruth over another? Yeah, preference. Simple, what appeals to my eye. Really as simple as that. Jake says, I've been on an eBay member since 98. I recently had to do a customer service chat, and he was shocked to see that my membership is that old. He Was he even that old, Jake? Was he even that old? Maybe that was... Uh, and I mean, I don't know when eBay first came on the scene, but my registration date was December 1999, something like that. Uh, Isabella wants to know, who's my favorite soccer team? That would be my son's soccer team, the Tigers. That's my favorite soccer. I don't, I'm not a soccer fan, Isabella. Um, but thanks for asking. Rad, Ray Ginaldo, you're welcome. Oh, I'm at the bottom of the comments. Wow. And we're... I, Two minutes shy of two hours. I said, if I got to the bottom of the comments, I would show some cards. So I actually, in the interest of end of year, being able to do like a top pickups of 2023 uh, video or Instagram post, I have been keeping all my pickups separate. They're not, I'm not mixing them into where they would go into the boxes that they would go into within my collection. They are segregated so that I can actually go through at the end of this year and say, okay, here's all my 2023 pickups. Which ones are my favorites? So I do have all of my 2023 pickups uh, sitting here beside me pretty much. And I can, uh, I can show you some of them. Maybe I'll go uh, in no specific order. Basically I have stack of graded and I have a stack of uh, raw and uh, yeah, that's, those are not this year's. Those were out for last week with Robbie Pastry. Isabella, I do not play Pokemon. I do not play Pokemon. But if my kids want to get into it one day, I'm sure I will. So, all right. 
These are all the slabbed cards that I have picked up in 2023. Not that many, really. Um, yeah, that's it. That that are here. I, I have a few on the way, I guess, as well. So I'll show you. This is slab and not graded. In the game Ultimate, Mika Kiprasov, one of one from the 2010 uh, World Cup or Olympics. Olympics, I should say. Really cool piece. Team Finland. 2014 Fleer. Again, I love my 2012, 13, 14, 15, 16 uh, inserts and parallels. 2014 Fleer Showcase, the Sparkling Diamonds. Brett Hall, this card is numbered out of five right there. And I just love the picture. I love this. I love these sparkling diamonds. Pick this up. Uh, this came from Kyle, King of Cards, sold me this card. Barry Sanders, 1999, EX Century, the bright lights. Really cool. And it looks a lot different, whether, you know, depending on how you uh, scan it and look at it, but really cool card. Cheap. Uh, like it's, it's a low pop, cheap card. I, I think it's under the radar personally. So I, I grabbed that and I just love the looks of it. Traded for this at the at the Edmonton Expo, 1996 Metal Universe Cool Steel Superpower, Patrick Waugh. Really nice, really nice card. It's got some embossing. It's got, it's, it's just, it's a, it's a Fleer Metal card from 96. It's a really rare piece. Nirvana, Nirvana. What's this, 80, uh, 95 Panini. Also, Snoop, got the Snoop, Snoop-a-loop. I don't do a lot of modern young players, but I love Jason Robertson on the Dallas Stars, so I picked up his uh, Ultimate Collection. This card is out of $2.99, sells for like a third of what his SP Authentic sells for, and it's out of $9.99, so I just felt that this was like a way better value deal for me. So I feel that that's kind of like a, a savvy type of play. Picked up this Mick Jagger card. This is from the Mint Collective, 1967, Dutch Unnumbered. Oh, I love this card. Here's another Barry Sanders. This is a this is a girl. I love this card. 1998 Fleer Tradition Playmakers Theater. This is this is numbered on the back out of a hundred. It's in a BGS 8.5 holder, and uh, just an absolute stunner of a card. Like these these you have to. If you are at a card show and you can look at one of these in hand, pick it up and just kind of do this. These things they're like. Smooth as silk, these cards. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love I'm gonna say this a lot, guys, because I love I love the cards I buy. I love this card. 2013 Fleer Showcase Skybox Premium Star Rubies Wayne Gretzky, numbered out of 50. Pick this up from War Chief on Instagram. And uh oh, love it. See, the rubies are huge in, in basketball. They're getting bigger in baseball. And hockey, we only had rubies starting in 2012, or I guess actually in 2013. So they're, a lot of people don't really know them, and I, I'm a bit, I love them. But I got to be careful how much I say I love something before I start getting uh, accused of things. So, But I do love the card. And then I showed you the Robin earlier, which I picked up this year. This card I picked up a year or two ago. I love this Batman and Robin pairing. They're so nice. So cool. And then I showed you the Otto Graham a little while ago. I picked this up at the Toronto Expo in April. It's a beautiful three and a half. Like, look at this thing. Oh, like no creases, no wrinkles, nothing. 
Just a beautiful, beautiful card. And then I picked this up. This came from um, Empire Sports Cards and Shea Wave Logs. The Michael Jordan Skybox Premium, the 3Ds. Uh, like the, the initial cracked ice or one of the original cracked ice type cards. This card I didn't like when I first saw it, like first noticed it a few, like four or five years ago, but it grew on me. And then I just, I like, I love it. I just think it's such a cool card. Really sweet. All right, that's it for slab cards this year. And then I'm going to get into the raw. Actually, I don't know that I brought out all the raws. Sorry, I only, I had two stack of raw cards, but I only brought out the thick cards. I didn't bring out the thin cards. So I can go through these. If you want to see them, I'll go through them. I'll go through them maybe a little bit quicker. But uh, first, a few, only three comments all this time. Nice, nice. Uh, 90s hockey, nice wah. Thank you, thank you. Jake's toe. Are you going to cross... All your PSA to tag when they accept older cards. Pretty much all of it, yes. Yes, I am, uh, Jake's Toe. Uh, because they just look so much better in tag slabs. Like, like just, just look like, look at this. Like, it's it's pristine looking. Like, it's so, our, the tag slab is so much nicer than any other slab out there. The second best would be CCG or the old CSG. Or, yeah. Theirs is almost as nice as ours. Their, their plastic is blue in tint. Ours is completely clear. So tags is completely clear. So yeah, I will uh, I will be crossing over uh, all, if not most, if not all of my cards uh, as I can. Now, listen, I'm not going to jump the line, right? I'm not going to just all of a sudden, hey, guys, here's 3,000 cards. Have at it. Like, I'm not going to do that. I'll do it slowly over time. Eli says, nothing beats old school serially num serial numbering on cards. Mark Santucci, thank you very much. Jay, I don't have any Patrick Mahomes cards. Name, awesome pickups. Let's see the rest. Okay, Robert R. Yes, please. David Kaplan, do I, I do not own any Otani cards. Yankees fan, can't wait for Tag Vintage. Me too. All right. These are in no particular order, but listen, I, there's, I have a lot of player collections, and so I'll pick up cards if I feel like I have a player collection for that card. Second year cup signature patch, Joe Thornton. Grab this card here. This is out of five. Nicholas Lidstrom, honorable numbers. Most of this is going to be hockey, by the way. Uh, pick this up at the Edmonton Expo from Drillers Inc. Uh, Mike, great guy. Great card. Joe Sackick, limited logos. Is this new? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got this at the Edmonton Expo as well. Sackick, limited logos. This is from the Edmonton Expo. This is a uh, Upper Deck Black. What's this called? Star Coverage Yager Stick Auto On Card Auto Piece numbered out of 25? No, 10. Numbered out of 10. What a cool piece. He's pictured in his All-Star jersey with the Penguins logo on the shoulder. Super cool card. This next one. This next card might be... One of my favorite pickups. Uh, anyway, here it is. And it's so cool how the how it all fits together. 2015, sorry, 2013, the Cup Limited Logos, Peter Forsberg. Sick, sick piece. Picked this up at the Edmonton Expo from a guy who had a lot of nice Cup cards. Beautiful. Steve Eiserman, honorable numbers out of 19. Look at his autograph. What a what a guy. What a guy. I love Steve Eiserman. 
Bill Guerin, you know, not a not a player I would usually collect, but I do love these 0506 Cup uh, RPA throwbacks. And um, now it's cheap, so I grabbed it because I do have a little stack of these cards from this set going on right now. Grant Fuhr, beautiful Grant Fuhr honorable numbers piece out of 31. This I just, I hit the bin on this on eBay because uh, I love the player combination. The patches aren't that great, you'll see. But I love the player combination, and it's jersey numbered for both of them. Brett Hall and Pat Lafontaine. 16 to 16. Never even knew this card existed till I saw it. From 2018, the cup. Bought this at the Toronto Expo, I believe. Yes, Matt Sundin, signature patch from 2013, the cup. Short print out of 25. Peter Forsberg. Uh, emblems of endorsement out of 15. Beautiful card. My guy, Jeremy Roenick, uh, pro upper deck, uh, premier star, uh, star patch auto on card. These are all on card autos, by the way. Really nice piece. Three color. Another Jeremy Roenick. I love Jeremy Roenick. Not because we have the same name, but I've got some reasons for being a big Roenick fan. This is out of 10. I also have a Gretzky and a Howard Chuck from this set. Another Jeremy Roenick. Emblems of endorsement out of 15. All-star piece. Steven Stamkos, exquisite RPA throwback to uh, uh, 07 basketball, numbered out of 25. Really nice card. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to buy cards, but I don't think they're nice. Bought this at the Burbank show. Burbank show uh, earlier this year. 10 of 10, Crosby, limited auto patch from SP Authentic. Another one of these cup throwbacks, uh, Mike Gartner. Like, listen, I don't have any Mike Gartner cards, so this is probably the best card I could get for Mike Gartner. That isn't like a you know a property of or shield card. I don't. I'm not a shield collector. I don't own one. I've never. One time I had one in my PC, uh, but it wasn't. It wasn't like a, it was a promo card, like a card show card sort of thing. Alex Ovechkin, big playmakers. These are these are cool. These are from uh, 2007, and they're tough to find. There's a jersey parallel, and then the patch parallel out of 10. I grabbed. I think I grabbed this. I think maybe on Com C. I'm not sure. Barry Sanders, 05 Ultimate. I think 05 Ultimate game used jersey. Nice three color piece out of 50. I have a Brady, so nice to pair those together. So there's a non hockey. Pavel Bure, nice remnant stick card out of enshri uh, Enshrined. Is that what it's called? No. Ingrained. Ingrained. So I've got about five or six of these ingrained cards, and uh, this is just a nice one. Picked this up. Uh, did this with the guy, my buddy, uh, my buddy Sam, who was who I had had a was hanging out with me at the expo, at my booth. We did a deal at the end of the show, and I got this in the trade. Bought this at the Edmonton Expo, Patrice Bergeron. I, I collect these. This is a cup base parallel. It's the patch parallel version out of eight. I've been collecting these from 05. I've got, I think I'm up to 325 of these cup base patch parallels from all the different years. There's one year I have none from. I think it's like 2013 or four, 2013 for sure. I don't have any from 2013, but I got like several from all the other years. And uh, this was like a beauty sitting in a, a great guy's uh, showcase at the Edmonton Expo. And uh, we made a deal on it. Here's another one from that same same sort of set, but a different year. Henrik Zetterberg, a beautiful. And I just 
yesterday, I think, bought the Pavel Datsuk from 07, a nice, nice two-color feather piece. Another one. These are all, yeah, these are all together. So the rest of them are these types of cards. Here's some 06s, Simon Gagne, Timu Solani, my favorite guy, Patrick Waugh, Guy Lafleur. All this is all second year cup base pattern. Not my favorite aesthetically, but something about them, you know. Second year cup, they're already almost 20 years old. Martin Brodeur. And then from the first year, oh, here, we'll do these. I'll save the first year cup for the end. These are from, uh, this is from 20, uh, 2008. Uh, Brian Leach, jersey numbered even, two of 10. And then Daniel Sedin from 2015. Nice four color, I believe. And then from the first year cup, 2005, I picked up a Ron Hextall. Someone said this is their favorite player, Tony Esposito. Danny Heatley. This guy was a stud back in the day, had a terrible car accident. One of his teammates was uh, was was killed, uh, Dan Snyder, in that accident. And Danny's career was never the same after that, unfortunately. And then maybe the, my favorite one from the stack, the jersey numbered first year Team Mussolini, 8 of 10. Now he wore 13 as well, but uh, what is he pictured? I didn't know he ever wore 13 on that. I knew he wore 13 in Winnipeg. I didn't know he ever wore 13 in Anaheim, but I guess he did. Anyway, pictured in 13, but his jersey number is, is eight for most of his career. And uh, that's it, guys. That Those are my 2023 pickups uh, that I have out right now on my desk. All right, back to the comments. Hope I didn't put anybody to sleep with all that uh stukes thank you stuke michael says when will tag grade thicker cards and die cut oh man as soon as i i don't know on those ones i mean i'm i'm hoping really soon i know that the that the mold for the thicker card is like in process when that will happen i don't know michael i'm sorry i just can't answer uh i know we're going back to 89 by the end of this year. So hopefully in 2024, we are going to be able to do thicker cards, die cuts, um, that kind of thing. <clears throat> Daniel A, I'm glad you enjoy these shows. Good to see you. Mark, uh, I, I might have his rookie card. I don't even remember if I still have uh, the Gartner rookie. Uh, Facebook user, hello. I'll check after to see who you were, but thanks for saying hello. Mark Santucci, I like the Wah, he's, but he's in the wrong jersey. I do like Gila Fleur and Brian Leach. I'm glad you enjoyed that 90s hockey collector. Mark, Eli, my Instagram handle, Lee underscore sports cards live. It's, uh, you, you should see it right now under my name, Eli, right under my name right now. Name, thanks for coming by. Already looking great halfway through the year. Some sick cards. Thank you very much. Ray Ginaldo, when is McGillney? I know. He should have this year. McGillney needs to be in the Hall of Fame. It's the Hall of Fake until he's in there. He has to be in, I believe. Nice Hextall. And yeah, forgot about Snyder, the Snyder tragedy. It was a tragedy. It was very, very sad. Very sad. All right, guys. Well, <clears throat> we are two hours and 15 minutes into what's been a really fun episode. Thank you to Leighton for, for coming in. And uh, for supporting the channel, thank you to Veriswap. Thank you to Center Stage App. Of course, thank you to 
all of you in the chat as always. Thank you for your questions tonight. Thank you to the people that that tried to get me tonight. Thank you for trying to get me because you just can't. I sleep very well at night. Don't worry about that. Um, anything else? Uh, I'll give it another minute here for any final comments or a few seconds. But if not, we're going to wrap this up. I'll be back tomorrow night with uh, Seth Allison. We'll be filling in for Josh Madigan on the PWCC Hockey Weekly Auction Ending Watch Party, 9.30 Eastern tomorrow. And then Tuesday, Taking Stock with Dennis Zender. And I do believe our topic is going to be group breaking. We will be taking stock of group breaking with you, the chat, going through the issues, the issues of group breaking, the good, the bad. Is it here to stay? Is it what's happening with fanatics? All these things. We can talk about it all. And I'm not going to have all the answers, but I'm certainly interested in uh, having that discussion. Thank you, Mark Santucci. I appreciate the five-star show review. With that, everybody, have a great rest of your evening. Happy 4th of July to all of my American friends out there. Happy 4th of July. Happy Canada Day to fellow Canadians. And with that, this episode of Sports Cards Live is now over. Thank you, everybody. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.